The intermediate line advises a language and concept warning for the entire show. Ladies and gentlemen, good evening and welcome to the 100th episode of The Intermediate Line, the number one fly fishing podcast on iTunes, probably. My name is Fisher Crunt, and this is my second attempt at recording an intro for the show, because apparently my first attempt had too much swearing. So, in order to avoid offending everyone, I won't go into my feelings about jet skiers or Tenkara, we'll get straight to it. So now, introducing our hosts, two of the biggest influences in the Australian saltwater fly fishing scene, and my personal heroes, Chris Nightstalker Adams and Volty Dirty Old Man Volta. This episode of The Intermediate Line is brought to you by Manic Tackle Project, the only company who knows fly fishing as well as you do. And Beast Brushes, Australian-made brushes and dubbing, professionally graded natural materials, plus a full shop for all of your fly tying needs at beastbrushes.com. Listeners, welcome back to the Intermediate Line. This is episode 100. Thanks for joining us. As you can hear, our usual hosts are absent right now. They are coming on as guests. They will be the interviewees rather than the interviewers. Now, this uh, show has been running a long time, 100 episodes. Plenty's happened. We're going to sort of talk to the boys about that. We'll learn a little bit more about them. If you're, there's sort of some in-jokes and things in this podcast, it can be a bit confusing, so... I'd say um, if, you, if you're a bit new to the podcast, now would be a good time to go back and listen to all 100 other episodes in order. So uh, I'll, I'll just give you a brief moment to do that. And we're back. Very good. So now you're up to speed. Uh, let's get the boys on. Chris, Voltsy, you there? Yes, Dan. Thanks for having us. Oh. Hi, Dan. Welcome to Beast Studios, boys. How are you both? I'm great, thanks. I'm a long-time uh, speaker, first-time interviewee. Lovely. And Jeff, what about yourself? Yeah, mate. I'm here. I'm loving it. So different. Sitting in a different seat, you know. 
Yeah, yeah. I really like Good. the decor in B Studios, Chris. You really, it's it's, it's kind of magical what you've done. I'm here. sorry. Can can you please repeat the question, Dan? I said. Good yep. job with the decor in the studio. Thanks, thanks. I've um I've lined it with uh, furry walls to make it look like you're inside the belly of the beast. Ah, Little good. known fact, that's where I sell the craft fur from. Ah, I, we, uh, you call that a crafty manoeuvre, mate. I harvest it from the beast straight All to right. you. All right. So you guys have uh, done plenty of shows, obviously, 100. You've had guests from all over the world, including Denmark, uh, America, New Zealand, Tasmania, which is obviously a different mm. country, and a lot of Aussie guests as well, yep. which is pretty <laughs> cool. You've had... Uh, <laughs> it's, not, it's not funny, guys. No, that's no, true. You've got plenty of special episodes <laughs> that you've done too, which really aptly describes the way that you guys interact. It's quite special. There's a couple of tuners, bass. We've got a couple of fly tying episodes. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's not forget the fly line special, which was incredibly enlightening. I'm sorry. You sounded like you said fly line special. There must be a glitch in the program. Is that? Oh, sorry. Sorry. We so what we thought we'd do today is sort of. going to mention it again. <laughs> We're going to uh, sort of get to know our hosts a little bit more. It's kind of. Um, the theme of today. So what we might do is just start off with, I guess, Chris, because he's the most verbose. (laughs) (laughs) We sort of thought it might be a good idea to get a little bit of your origin stories, guys, you know, where you're from and and things that you've done in the past, because you've both been fishing for quite a long time. Like, Chris, how long have you been fly fishing for, roughly? I I would say definitely over 20 years, I guess, if I had to add it up. Well, what are we up, 21? So late, like... It's a bit squirrely, late 90s, I guess you could say. <clears throat> definitely, yeah, right. definitely. Uh, whether it was in the 98, I don't know, but definitely 99, I started picking it up um, for sure. Yeah, so, yeah. Very good. Jeff, how long have you been fly fishing for? Yeah, I, I like Chris. I'm not sure exactly. Like, I've, I, um, when I finally picked up a rod, I've, I feel like it was, I'm going to call it 1999. I might be ripping myself off one or two years, but. Yeah, that was, um, let's call it 99. So you would have been in your mid-30s around then, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just about 20 years. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so, so mid-30s, interesting. And so you guys both, I mean, did you, anyone else in your family fly fish? No. If you go, let's go for Chris first again. We'll do that sort of order, I guess. Yeah. No, this is funny you should talk like that because I remember when we had the man boys on, we <laughs> had to... Um, we had to decide, yeah, uh, you know, direct our questions towards one or the other to save for confusion. So, well done, Dan. Uh, compliments from the chef there, mate. Um, so, um, yeah, no, no one's no one's been into fly fishing in my family at all. Although my family's been into fishing uh, very much, very very big part of my family, more so for one side than the other. But no, as far as fly fishing is concerned, nada. I'm a black sheep of the family in that respect. So they did what? They did like bait soaking or something, or what were they? Uh, yeah, from from a mum's side of the family, they're all they're all, they're commercial fishermen and um, based around Lake Conjola and stuff down in New South Wales. And um, that's uh, you know, at my earliest memory of fishing, we would not be the first time we went fishing. That's for sure. It's uh, you know, just just yeah, just I've always done it. My 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 mum and. Yeah, the females in that side of the family have all fished as well. Um, obviously, the men have. The men were the ones that pro, like like guys who brought the money in. But um, as far as recreational fishing, it's always been part of the family as well. 
the old boys side not so much but um i mean uh it was but it was just wreck fishing but yeah just like just like your, your average mug really the old boy was i suppose but uh yeah 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 Ripper. and jeff back to you jeff Faulty. yeah uh, anyone else in your family fish uh look my dad did and my uncle did um it was, you know i wouldn't wouldn't cons- I wouldn't consider them to be they, – they did a bit of luring, but mainly mainly bait fishermen, certainly no fly. Um, and, you know, they, they were probably um, probably uh, my, my earliest influences um, with fishing. Yeah, but no one – yeah, no one fly fished, hey. And, um, and our fishing – because I, I grew up out in um, western Queensland. Um, the fishing out there was pretty limited, so it was just a really muddy river. And, um, and, you know, once or twice a year, we'd be fortunate enough to go, go on holidays either to, you know, Rockhampton, um, Harvey Bay or, or the Sunshine Coast. And, um, and, you know, so fishing was sort of like sort of special because it was on, it was on holidays. So, you know, that was all sort of wrapped up in it. But, yeah, mate, it was um, something I, I enjoyed but I explored a lot more later on when, uh, when I had my own, own time and means. Yeah, right. And so then, like, what inspired you to pick up to get into fly fishing to start out? And sort of how did you start out when you, when you got into it, Jeff? Uh, look, that's, that's a really good one. Um, I'd sort of been influenced. Uh, oh, there was, you know, there was a TV show, a couple of TV shows. There was that, um, those two comedians, uh, River Somewhere. Um, yep. And, you know, uh, Wildfish, Peter Morse. Um, and also sort of Rod Harrison's things that, and also like um, you know the mainstream magazines back then, Modern Fishing and um, Fishing World, that they'd, they'd quite often have fly stuff in there. And um, uh, Dean Butler, he had he had a real way of communicating, as did Rod Harrison, and some really cool photos of you know exotic fish and places, and um, uh, that sort of got me hooked, made me want to learn more. And uh, and yeah, I I sort of jumped from um, from lure to fly uh you know because it just looked like a lot of fun and you know there was a frustrating learning curve but um <laughs> we can talk about that later on yeah oh nothing like a good you know good session of frustration and suffering is there no it's good uh, and that's probably that's something that's kind of interesting that pro- i don't know if it's necessarily separates it but definitely makes for more inspiring you get a lot of fly fishing sort of personalities that they tend to be a little bit more sort of charismatic not charismatic but they sort of talk a little bit more they'll, they'll sort of do you know ses- sections or sessions on looking at the gear they're using or whatever and they go into detail really give you a proper insight into things rather than that whole like here's me catching a fish and here's the next sponsor here's me catching a fish i think those shows had real storylines you know yeah it did feel like that. yeah because that's sort of something that yeah for me as well really really ticked the box you know looking at those shows uh, Chris, what about you? Like, what made you decide to try fly fishing after, you know, the, not being exposed to it? Uh, mine's pretty different. My uh, to to vaults, I suppose. It's um, um, you know, like I went from bait to lures as well. Um, but I've always been. I've never really been influenced by by other people in that respect. Like, I barely even read magazines. I suppose, and I'd I'd read stuff like by um, Bill Classen, stuff like about Australian bass because it interests me. Yep. But I was more interested in in the in the species and what they learn about that than than the gear, I suppose. And I guess um yeah that that's where that's that's sort of what um, drove me to, to lures, if anything. But fly fishing was sort of um a bit different. I had a I I um before I was uh, beast brushes and a fly tie, I had a construction business, and I had a, I was only saying this to Vols the other day. I had this um Fijian dude who worked for me, 
um, it's sort of two-pronged, but this is one part of it, I suppose. And and he um, he told me, you know, I was right into lures at the time when I was when I was fishing with him. I obviously knew of fly fishing. I just thought there were a bunch of nerds at the time. But um, that's true. <laughs> I yeah, and um, I really I had no interest in watching. Like I used to watch dudes like Rex Hunt on TV catch tiny little trout, and I thought that was I thought that was fly fishing. I'm like, that sucks, dude. You know, who wants to catch little fish like that? Um, anyway. Uh, my friend Ron is a Fijian, and some people might know this um, island in the Yasawa group. I think I'm pronouncing it probably. It's um, uh, it's been a while ago, but yeah, Ron's parents owned a like a a backpacker island called Otto and Fanny's, and it had this big lagoon there. He was showing me pictures of these big bonefish and stuff, and I'm like, oh, they look cool. I've heard of them. You catch them on fly, don't you? And he's like, he told me there was a American guy that used to rock up there and guide clients every season whatever the season was and catch these fish and he invited me over there one day i thought i better i better get into fly fishing so i had this interest in it there but didn't really get much further than that because i didn't get to go over there but it was from fishing lures for brim and just getting lighter and lighter so between that and wanting to get lighter and lighter i just i, I just was starting to fish unweighted plastics and really tall really small hard bodies and stuff like that for brim and getting better results and i just thought fly was a natural progression and um you know i entered that i entered that world um, not really knowing much and, and doing a lot of the stuff that people do wrong about, you know, being self-taught and I wasn't really interested or like I said, like I had no, I, I really, I, I knew who Peter Morse was from Wildfish and Harrow from the sports fishing library. Like I was well and truly into that stuff and I'd seen, seen Dean around and stuff in mags and all that sort of stuff, but it wasn't, it wasn't a driving force for me. Like I, 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 it really wasn't, you know, I was more interested in, in the fishing and the species, I'm not saying you weren't involved, but I'm just—I was just driven by the by the the want the need to catch the want to catch the fish. I suppose I I just saw it as a as a tool, not not an interest I saw other people doing. I just saw it as you know what I'm saying. So yeah, yeah. it's yeah. A, sort of like a bit of a code that you wanted to crack in some respect. Well, I I just saw it as, as something I wasn't doing, and I I the same way I, I buy I spend as much money as I can afford on gear. I like to I like to explore the full range of my options, you know. Like it's um I like to get to the highest point of what I I can I can head towards or sorry head towards the highest point I I, I can see, and um, fly fishing just seemed like a uh, an evolutionary step in angling, um and something that I wasn't doing and something I had an interest in and you know the the uh it, it didn't take off straight away you know like I it was there was I, when I talk about starting in in you know 99 it was um it was something of a novelty like most people who start so it was it was self-taught it was put away through frustration you know like it um, might be weeks or months before i pick it up again and eventually i just went in and saw a, a local shop owner who uh, in a tackle world actually who then pointed me in the direction of um of gavin platz who who um who, who pointed us in the right direction for a, for a couple of years at least you know and um yeah, yeah. it sort of went from there yeah, lovely. And it's interesting you guys both naming sort of the same people and that they're, they're all Australian names really that you've kind of hit on, you know, like Harrow and Peter Morse and that. Oh. Those guys, are, as, as, as Voltsy alluded to so beautifully, verbosely before, they're, they're excellent communicators, you know, as well as solid, you know, fishers. They're very dialed. So, Well, I only learned to read in 2007, so I, um, I wasn't interested in anything printed today. <laughs> Yeah, they that made the emails that we were sending before this a bit tough, hey, because you're always using little pictures. Like, they're not quite hieroglyphs, but, I mean, it looks like you drew them. So you, you, you're very creative, though, Chris. I'll give you that. I, I, uh, I created my first Wingding library in 2003. and uh, <laughs> uh, Sorry, Alphabet, not library. But I did have a library of books written in those Wingdings from uh, Wingdings Alphabet uh, 1. I you like know that after yourself, obviously. Yeah, very good. 
Thanks, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, oh, that's interesting. And do you reckon, like, you know, that, that initial? Uh, oh, what about what about we approach it this way? When you started out, Chris, were you fishing, you know, salt, or I mean, or were you? Is this is how you got yes, fresh salt, water, yeah. Chris. Yeah, no, no, no. Freshwater crystals. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a that's a that's about a mid fly fishing career thing, really. But um, yeah, no, everything, everything was um, salt water. First fish, first fish on on fly was a flathead, and um, and to this day, I consider them to be suckers for that reason. But, uh, <laughs> well, they're helping your shit up for anything. Eh? <laughs> oh, they just they were just an easy like it was a. I had I had a spot I used to go fish that I used to fish now um, soft plastics for them and. Um, and and uh, used to troll hard bodies around way, way earlier than that before soft plastics were around. Used to fish those Mister Twisters, those first soft plastics, and they just <laughs> always ate them, you know. And um, the idea of a um, of a clouser, you know, just bouncing off the bottom, just just looked like a soft plastic to me, you know. And it's um, yeah. it just seemed like a, an easy target. But yeah, no, growing up in on the on the coast in southeast Queensland, uh, the only external influences I could find at the time. After after I just explained that I, I wasn't I wasn't um, I wouldn't say I'm, I wasn't influenced by people that weren't doing what I was doing. Let's put it that way. So although I could admire, um, yeah, the 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 footage that was out there from people who fished far away, I was still only interested in in people who could who, who could uh, show me a way to replicate what I wanted to do uh, based on what they were doing. If you know what I mean, you know what I mean. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So and do you think like initially when you started out, you were tying flies to match lures because that's something you you're pretty. Um, you know, you're pretty verbose about these days. You talk a lot about it. You know, you're not necessarily just trying to mimic lures. Oh, sure. Kind yeah. of, but you, yeah, did sure. you start out that way? Sorry, I didn't mean to talk over it. But, yeah, of course, yeah. Like, it's, I mean, you always, you always, you know, like whether you're mindful or not, bring those transferable skills <laughs> when, you're, when you're going from um, conventional to, um, to fly. Uh, you know, like even as someone who does a lot of lessons with casting, like I, I, I try to speak that language of that, you know, like, you know, um, relating to something you're already familiar with to something that's new, if you know what I mean. And, um, yeah, sure, like I, I looked at flies um, in a different way than I do now. I mean, I, I was, I was, uh, I, I must admit, I struggled to see the fish resemblance in something like a pink thing, you know. But yeah. um, but I liked the colours and I knew that like something like red and white or pink and white, like, you know, flathead liked, you know, so I could... Um, I could fish it with some degree of confidence, and after seeing it in the water and stuff like that, you start to—I mean, you, you start to understand what the materials do. But sure, at the beginning, you know, you're you're, you're making selections based off what you know already works, and that influence is is either from bait or lures. That's for sure. Yeah, for sure. What about hey, Jeff? Did you start? Uh, did you tie once you started fishing? Like, was it a simultaneous uh, undertaking of yours, or did the tying come later? That's a really good question. It. Um... It came probably two or three months <laughs> afterwards. Yeah, and the reason for it was, um, you know, even you know the start the start of fly fishing is sort of um, you know okay, there's a lot of challenges casting and and getting your head around concepts and that sort of thing. But you know, um, it came out of necessity for a couple of reasons. Um, couldn't quite. I wasn't getting the 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 action to mimic my you know what I thought I wanted based on my lure fishing experience, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yep. So, um, and, you know, so I sort of drew heavily on that. Plus the, there was a few guys who had met at a local tackle shop who'd sort of taken me under their wing as far as, you know, fly tying and that sort of thing was concerned, you know, use this 
this lion and you know ultimately you know where we lived and and the fish we were chasing you know there's a lot of clouses end up in your pot in your fly box and um mm. and you know you you tend to you tend to lose them for whatever reason um you know you crack them off when you cast or you tie shit knots or or like. you know, getting snagged or uh you know like that sort of thing i remember one one time back when i was buying flies and they were you know started as sort of six to I don't know, eight nine bucks, and you know, I went down to this local uh, place where I'd done well right with for uh, done all right on brim, brim with uh, lures, and I thought oh, I'm just going to replicate what I know there, and made um, you know I had no no accuracy at all compared to what I was doing with um, with lures, and I was putting them over mooring ropes onto prawn trawlers, onto jetties, onto rocks, and I remember going through sixty or seventy bucks worth of flies at at that on that day, and I thought this is fucked. I can't, you know, I can't be doing this every week or every time I want to go for a fish. I had nothing to show for it. I knew there was heaps of brim now. You could see the fuckers, you know, and, um, and yeah, so I was sort of like, there's got to be a better way. And, um, and, you know, talking to, to the, um, the people who I was sort of, you know, helping me out, um, it was Carl, Nick Stewart was one of them. Um, you know, they, uh, yeah, they sort of pointed me in the right direction and saved me a lot of time and up my, um, success. Something saved me a lot of money, I should say. And uh, but you know, fly tying is is a equally um, addictive pastime, but it's so much more addictive and rewarding when you when you you know you fish as well. Like I couldn't imagine just fly tying. You know, yeah. Well, there's sort of that internet thing, isn't there? Where there's a lot of people that do it for show, and it's sort of not really functional, is it? But it's the, the feedback that you give yourself. When you actually fish something that you've tied and you go, okay, this is, you know, this is sinking too fast or this gets affected, grabs, catches too much current or whatever, I'm sure, yeah. 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 But you quickly learn that, don't you, that you need to – it sort of helps to be able to adjust things yourself, hey? Oh, it does. Yeah, absolutely. Good point. You need you need to, hey, when you say volts. Like it's you, – yeah. you need to learn that, you know. that's It's a it's a pivotal part in, in flight tying, as we've mentioned on the show, probably yeah. many, many fucking times. But – um. You know, it's interesting uh, that, that what you just said there, Dan, about um, you know, like, relating out to internet. Although Volty's talking in a, in a different time to to now, you know, I'm sure fly tying's been been a hobby like fly casting without fly fishing back then as well. But you just didn't <laughs> yeah. you didn't hear about it, eh? Yeah, well, that's a bit of a anyway. Yeah, we won't go down that yet. But um, cool. but we'll get there, right? Well, we yeah yeah absolutely sure. <laughs> yep, cool. Hey, anything for you, Chris? <laughs> no worries. <laughs> um, this is why we picked you, mate. Out of the hat. Out of the, yeah, the hat. The, yeah, the very steep hat. Yeah. Well, I figured, like, I mean, it, it reminds me of one of those things when you know, you if you get if you if you if you're going out, you know, to a bar or whatever to pick up, you're probably better to take your ugliest mates with you. You know what I'm saying? So I figure that's sort of my thing with the fly fishing. You know, if you guys want to look good. You, you better get a hack on. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that that's uh, well. We didn't want to say that out loud, Dan. But um, you know, since you uh, brought the subject up, yeah, thanks for making the time. Oh, no worries. So eloquently put. So, Jeff, <laughs> you, you sort of tied a lot of different flies, things, and you've actually like you've invented what a couple of patterns, or you kind of you kind of lay your namesake to a couple of patterns, or have I got that a bit twisted? You're being far too flattering and and slightly. Um, look, I. I just adapted a pattern or, or blended two favorite patterns together to like two crab uh, patterns. That was the um, SS fly um, uh, uh, permit crab 
I yeah. think they call it, and and just the the classic Del Brown Merkin, and, and um, just to slightly tweak something, and one of my mates named it because he uh, he lives in a very fish rich part of Australia, uh, and he had a really good goldie flat at his disposal, and he just started, uh, in his words, destroying goldies, and uh, the name sort of took off from there. Um, I I never propagated it but um <laughs> but he he ran with it and um and uh you know i appreciate appreciate that but it, it sort of it was good sort of um seeing your mate catch catch fish on it and that was um that was a really gratifying thing you know seeing him do really well and develop a lot of faith in it and then then uh beachy got hold of it and was in fly life and and then um uh fulling mills started started tying them up so it sort of became and then even one of the local fly shops had a had a couple of cheap rip-offs of them in too and that's cool you know i um i sort of uh i see um you know like i'd like to think i don't have an ego but in reality i do um but yeah it was um it, it was it was sort of gratifying to see that but yeah i haven't made I, I i i'm not one third of the fly tire that you know, say Chris or some of these ultra skilled guys we've had on the on the um, on the show is, and I'll, I'll say this publicly, um, and it's not just because he's a mate of mine, but I, I rate Chris as one of the best fly tires, you know, period that I've seen. Um, you know, certainly uh, when when Chris sets his mind to something, he's devastatingly effective. Yeah, thanks, so. mate. I appreciate the kind words. I could say this, I'd like to say the same thing about your casting, but. Look, man, I don't think this is the place to start lying, eh? Like it's um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm only kidding. Well, I think that's interesting. There's a lot of flies that come about through that where you know, like it sort of becomes maybe it's like a localized uh, variation on something, or or they sort of, you know, do something a bit out of left field. But as as you know, a couple of people start to get a hold of it, and I guess you know, Beachy getting and putting a fly life that would have kind of really helped yeah, it stick it good, uh, yeah. it a bit, you know, and get going. But um. It's an interesting yeah. way for patterns to come about, isn't it? There's, you know, we've definitely, I mean, there's all that streamer crowd in America that sort of tie up all these different things and, and something, you know, they're all on similar um, platforms and they just manipulate it a bit and give it a name and some stick, hey, but it's it. yours Yours kind of is different enough from the two patterns that you've named. You can kind of see them in it, but it's different enough that I feel like it stands up on its own. Oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah, there's always, there's, there's a few jealous people who, who are either ignorant or, or uh, of of its origins, or you know, thought I was, I mean, you know, naming it after myself. I never did, but that was that was something that um, uh, you know, it's, it's I, I don't know. It, it, I've I've been able to sit back and go, oh well, you're you're the dickhead, mate. Doesn't doesn't bother me. No skin off my nose. You know, yeah, it's not like you've named it or anything. It's just something that's occurred. You know, and if it didn't happen, you would have been equally fine. Probably still fishing it anyway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was good. I, 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 when you were talking about it, just then I, I, I think about a lot of fly patterns. You know, some of the the better ones and the development of them is spread up as is, is sped up. I should say not spread up, but is sped up by people <laughs> people dis, discussing it. People getting connected. People sort of like you know, discussing ideas and and making you know small tweaks and developments in their local areas or for their target species and. You know everything. I think everyone benefits when we sit down and talk about these things. But you know, it's it's important to, um, in my opinion, it's important to to uh, to acknowledge your your origins and inspirations for pattern. Um, not only because it's the right thing to do, but also, you know, if someone else picks it up and and sees that you've, um, you know, they they can they can trace your thought pattern and you know why you've done the certain things that you have, and maybe they can develop it and improve upon it themselves. 
Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. What about you, Chris? You've come up with a few fly patterns that have sort of stuck in one way or another, haven't you? Yeah, I have. Yep, definitely have. It's uh, it's interesting what you said there, Volts, in regards to um, you know, people who make make claims and and it doesn't worry and like it's uh, you know, you you you're right. Like it's um, and it doesn't. It, it's happened to me too before we get into that, but, but just on that subject, the the difference is, I suppose, that when when it's someone who's deriving their living from it, it's just the mm-hmm. it just seems to be the right thing to do to be able to just like direct that attention towards that that person if they uh, you know they they put it out there. Obviously, it's that. I mean, I'm in that position, and it's obviously that person's like uh, decision to go out and choose that as a career. So it's not it's not something you know like it's it's illegal to not to not do, but I mean, there is that. Um, it's just that. It's just that uh, being empathetic of someone between between their recreation and, and their profession, although it is their decision. You, oh, you know what I mean? Like it's it I just seems I, like I think it's just the right thing to do, man. Like yeah, I, um, I've said it a number of times on on the uh, on the on the podcast. I, people sometimes, you know, forget, and, and I'm I'm talking about Chris here because he's a mate. It's a local case. But Chris pulls his money. He puts a house, a roof, you know, a roof over his head. His head. He feeds his wife and his kid on his fly fishing, which you know his his patterns are part of. Like, you know, when you when you take when you don't acknowledge that, or you you know you if you can't understand that, then you know you just got to put it in in your own terms. If someone comes comes along and and you know threatens your career or your um or your livelihood or, or, you know, your quality of living even, um, you know, you're going to be pretty pissed off. Uh, yeah, know? I guess it, it would be like if, if you were in a, in a firm and you come up with an idea and someone heard you talking about it over the water cooler and then they went to the boss and claimed it as their own, you yeah. know. You know, it's, um, it's, it's along the same lines, I suppose. So it's just, um, I guess, I don't know, it, it's not something that I would ever impose on anyone. It's just that uh, sometimes you notice it and you think, well, it would have been no skin off your nose. Like, I mean, the only reason you didn't, cite the original tire for this or where you got the inspiration is because uh, you're insecure that's it yeah, yeah. you're insecure or, or you're ignorant but it, i mean it, it, you know like once or twice is a is an accident but once you've been picked up on it it's sort of and you continue to do it then you know you're you're probably, probably malicious isn't it yeah yeah you're probably a dick yeah know, it's, so. it's not like ever, everyone knows for a lot of stuff i mean there's there's patterns getting around that I see in Australia that um, that uh, have been done like a lot, you know, and it's um, yeah. it's just it's just interesting to watch that those people not credit the original tire, no matter how old the pattern is. But getting down a, getting down that uh, that dark path there, which we should probably should avoid <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> but I just wanted to because Volts brought it up. I just thought it was a, a pertinent point because I, yeah, like I have come up with um, I've come up with a few few patterns, few Aussie patterns. But it's um, I guess you could say the origin of those patterns is pretty similar to my beginnings in fly fishing really it's only it's only been flies that relate to me like i don't i mean i could get i could sit on the vice i'm, I'm fortunate enough i like you know humble brag to to be pretty creative you know it's um i can i can visualize stuff and 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 make it happen but i i could easily do that for things that are outside of my my lane with fishing if you like mm. but i've been fortunate enough to be able to um see uh, opportunities in the fishing that I've I've done and um and translate that to the vice with cert- with several well several patterns I guess, um but each one of them there's not many that I haven't caught extensive fish on myself before before they got released there's there's definitely some that I've gone and put online as like a 
a flag in the moon, you know, so to speak. And I guess our former host, uh, Andy Bolch, would, would easily um, you know, testify for you that there's been times I've been on the phone to him and talking to him and going, hey, man, I've got this idea for this thing. What do you think of this, you know, and, um, and, and tied it. Waited till I've caught fish on it, and while whilst it's still racking up a few numbers before I post it up, someone else in the, on the other side of the world will come up with pretty much the same pattern, you know. And it's um it's frustrating <laughs> because it is exciting to put something out there, that's for sure. But it's um like I you know I'm not one. Of, there are tires in the world that go and churn them out and don't fish them and go look what I've done and mm. take a pretty nice photo of something that uh, may not may not observe the laws of hydrodynamics, so to speak. But uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's been good, I suppose. There's been been a few of them, yeah. I think it's interesting too, like if people are sort of doing their knockoff versions of your flies, like there's certain intricacies and things that, you, you know, you're, you're giving out in your classes and things you've done or sometimes you'll just post up a little like Easter egg or something about a pattern that they yeah. can kind of make it function differently, you know, and you look at someone tying a, you know, game changer or something and, and they've got this meaty bloody treble hook on the back or something and kind of, <laughs> Just defeats the fly, you know, or other people. I mean, one that I did personally, which I thought, oh, I'll tie, you know, a, a toad, you know, like a tarp and toad fly for cod, right? And I, I had no idea what it was. I just thought, oh, yeah, you just stack up a heap of fibres on it. I didn't know that, you know, utilise trigger point fibres or any of that sort of stuff. And, you know, only until you kind of come into contact with the originators or someone who knows the originator or something can you get the proper origins of things. I think that's sort of you yeah. see a lot of those those sort of for show fly tires that, or they post, you know, like a trout, trouty one is the reverse flies. They post a lot of reverse flies. And you look at that and you think that's not going to get a good drift. It's not going to work well, you know, like you'll get dumb fish, I'll eat it, but. Oh yeah. Well, you'll get people who tie reverse flies and they'll wrap that much thread over it that they might, may as well have done a deceiver. You know, it's just, um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's counter, it's, it's, it's tying a fly for a photo rather than tying a fly for the fishing, you know, but, uh, you know, yeah. like those, those toads, for example, like, I mean, I only, I, like there's no way I, I probably wouldn't have had a crack at them a if i didn't have a use for them or b had seen chasing silver and watched the whole thing explained about everything about it you know and uh, and understood it you know like it was it was definitely from watching uh a andy mill talk about it on chasing silver um yeah. that that inspired me to see the value in it for a fish over here that eats in a very similar way to atlantic tarpon uh, and that being you know saratoga you know yep. so it's um i needed the same I needed exactly the same thing because those fish eat the exact same way, you know. And I'm, I don't think that's even an exaggeration. I mean, although they're a much smaller fish and they they don't, you know, they don't um, they don't carry on the same or they don't have the speed or stamina, but they eat in a very similar fashion. Wouldn't you agree, Volts? Or hundred percent correct. Yeah, that. Yep. I went went tarpon fishing, and when I came home, I applied the presentations and the flies to to uh, toga at our local ponds, and yeah, they the success rate went up. Yeah. Yeah, right. So, so yeah, I was going to say, so, yeah, so all, of, all of those, um, I think I've got um, about six or seven flies that I would confidently say and would and consistently put out there for challenge that um, that I would say that'd be mine. Not one of them is seen in fly life yet, but um, Aussie patterns with proven patterns, just putting it out there, Beachy, when you're ready, mate. And, um, uh, <laughs> but they've been, I, I mean, they're glad to be accepted. Well, like that deer hair cicada, there's fly ties out there that are more famous for, for my pattern. They all, they, and they credit me. It's been in, it's been in American magazines and, and all that sort of stuff. And, and it's, and I think it's won awards in, in, um, in fly tying comps for people in Europe and America, but people still don't know I tied it. But I mean, I don't sit here. I mean, I'm talking about it now, 
because I got asked about it, but I don't um, I don't ring up Volts and go, you know, Volts, geez, man, I really wish that someone had held a party for my dear Sicada, eh? You know, I really would like to. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like it's uh, it, it's um, it it fishes well for me. I'm stoked to see other people tie it, um, and and it and it makes me feel good about the fly fishing community when they when they tag the originator. I think that's um, I think that's good. Yeah, most definitely. I think like yeah, it's interesting. And I guess for you guys too, you both sort of, you know, geographically, you know, in different different places to people down south, you could copy those things that you know they might apply it to another fish and it might work well, but. You got to sort of start to understand the underlying concepts. I think, and I mean, you guys are speaking of sort of that 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 idea. You know, have you guys because you know not a lot of people probably hear too too much about you because you're often interviewing people, but not you know trying to talk too too much, especially like about fly lines and stuff because that was tragic. But um, <laughs> <laughs> have you got any uh, sort That'd of make species? a great news? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, yeah. it's Begun. all right. Yeah. Have you got any sort of species that you've, like, I'll start with you, Jeff. Is there any species that you, you've caught or, like, sort of things that you've cracked that you've spent a lot of time on, worked really hard on that you'd like to talk about, your sort of process or your experience? Yeah. Uh, well, look, I, okay, first of all, I have to say a few things have come too easy to me. Like, I've had to work on most things. I'm not naturally gifted. But um, something that I do find rewarding and I've, I've done, you know, better than my share of is is um black spot tusk fish the the blueies um i find them ultra rewarding like you know it's rare that a bad presentation gets eaten and it's you know it's, it's usually only a good one that gets eaten um and it, it's really rewarding hook them hooking them's half the job landing them is is the other the other job i mean they'll they'll run you straight under a rock or over some coral or some sort of miscellaneous fuckery they're real they're real bastards like that. They're so fun. They look like big blue glowing aliens underwater. And, you know, you, I I don't mind saying that, you know, um, I get excited when I see one, you know, like it's sort of, oh, that's cool, I, you know. And um, and it's it sort of reminds me of, um, you know, it brings back memories of, you know, very early sight fishing um, scenarios and you see that fish and you go, oh, please don't fuck it up, you know, like it gets me that sort of excited. It gives you that rush. It gives me that rush that, you know, um, that, you know, I, I, I certainly savour and, um, and they're pretty good. And I've, I've had a bit of, bit of luck with those, um, over the years. I've, I've had a lot of bad luck with them, but I've spent a lot of time chasing them. So, um, and that's something I, I really enjoy fishing for and, and thinking about and, um, and, uh, I do enjoy talking about them too. Yeah, yeah, they look otherworldly. They're just incredible. But yeah, they're quite big. You said you got a couple of uh, pretty decent size ones too. Yeah, yeah, I have. I've been I've been lucky. Yeah. Um. So, look, it's hard to see. There's not many actual records on them. Um. But uh, I did hear one guy reckons he got a mid nineties, sort of ninety cent ninety five or something centimeters. He said, but naturally, there's no photo of that. Um, oh, was that no. was that the front. Was that Fisher Pan? Ah, <laughs> no, no, it does sound like something he'd say, though. <laughs> yeah, he said he got it in Port Phillip Bay, I think. that's. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was that's <laughs> yeah. very likely. Yeah, yeah. Port oh, Phillip no, Bay. those elephant fish, that's not a tusk. That's a that's a trunk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, they're bastards. And, and yeah, so. But, they're not um, bastards, actually. They're right, tusks. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Adam's online here. Jesus. All right. Hey, keep going, Bolts. 
Yeah, I mean, are you surprised? Oh, fuck. Sorry, yeah. mate. Yeah. Let's um, take a deep breath here. All right. All right. You finished? Yeah. yeah. All right. Cool. So a mid-90s fish would probably take out the all, all, uh, all tackle records for, for, for them, you know. And um, so, yeah, it would have been good to see a photo of that one. Um, but, yeah, I got, I got a few up to about, uh, I think my biggest was 86, 87 centimetres, something. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so it was, I was stoked about that. Um, and, uh, you know, if, if, I, uh, if someone said, said to me to rate some of my best captures, that would certainly be, you know, one of my favourites. Eh? So, yeah. yeah. What fly did you get it on? <laughs> um, actually, that one was on a, on a Rage and Craven. And um, and uh, and a bright pink one too on a on a really clear flat, um, really clear water in in the middle of winter actually, and um, uh, it just flew in the face of everything I thought I knew about them because we were we were fishing there for goldies at the time, and um, and we hadn't seen anything all day. The flat looked incredible, but it was freezing cold. There's a cold wind coming over. We had not seen a thing all day, and um, yeah, and that uh, that was the only fish we saw and and we had one one sort of shot and um it you know instead of a stationary small sort of dark colored imitative fly i had a, a sort of um uh you know like a um a, a pink raging craven is not is not an imitation you know <laughs> that's an irritation that's noxious as a yeah it's a motivator actually it sort of trans you know chased it down and slammed it so uh, it, it reminded me to to keep my mind open on a lot of these things when you think you 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 know you've gone down one road a long way and you, you think you're getting close to the destination something like that'll happen and show you that you know there's more than one way to get there so yeah, yeah unreal. unreal that's pretty interesting chris what about you like have you sort of i mean everyone knows you know like we see a lot of your social media content you're chasing toga and and you spend a lot of time on, on bass and, and tuna, and, and you love carp more than any of those, I'm sure, and brim, obviously, on pylons. But uh, have, have you any, any sort of captures or things that sort of spring to mind or, or sort of codes you've cracked that you you know could go into a little bit? Yeah, I'll get into that, but I, I will just interject because I wasn't allowed to talk over that, that I really <laughs> blame I really blame Volti for the, the latest trend in um, black spot tuskies because... I'm pretty sure that, um, Volta, you might not have been the first, but you definitely popularised it, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, thanks, man. Um, you know, yeah, yeah, there was there was Andy Thompson. He had a few in a video. Yeah, then, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, I was sort of, um, yeah, I hadn't seen him in print. So. No, it's, there's definitely, yeah, there's definitely guys who got him, but, like, it's, um, like, you know, you, you, you turned it into an interest rather than a novelty, you know? Like, it's, um. Uh, because I've been I've been around long enough to see blue bastards do the same thing, and I don't know who did that, but I reckon I really reckon that you did it with the tuskies, you know. So oh. it's uh, I'll just come out and say it. I'll credit right here on episode one hundred, right at forty twenty. Really Ooh. weird how it's close to four twenty as well. That Volsi <laughs> did it. Thanks, man. Mm. You all owe him. You um, inspired. You've even inspired Dean Peltman, both follically and and piscatorially. <laughs> 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 oh man, Peltman, what a guy! Sitting in a spa bath in Cairns at the moment, I think. I was just chatting to him earlier. Yeah, lovely. Yeah, watching YouTube videos of his favourite YouTube anglers. He said, "Yeah." So anyway, oh yeah, the finish, the, mate. The vlog. He's watching the vlog. Lovely. <laughs> just on repeat. Uh, 
Shit, we're going to do more of those. Um, what was your question? Uh, so, yeah, is there any, any sort of species that you've chased or codes you've cracked that you'd like to talk about? I mean, there's probably a few, but any sort of highlights or ones that you've done that you think might not be so forefront on your social media or people might not know as much about? Fuck, how long we got here? Um, no, I'm not kidding. Um, <laughs> no, look, the, the, yeah, look, uh, the only stuff you see on social media is, is stuff as it happens. I very rarely put stuff back catalogue, that's for sure. So there's a whole mirror side of my, my fly fishing experience that just doesn't get seen, I guess, you know, but... um. You know, it's funny you mentioned at the beginning of the show. I guess this is a point to say, call it freshwater, Chris, is because <laughs> it's probably it was probably to a lot of my friends that um, that knew me in the early days to, surprising to see me focus so much on on freshwater, given what I was doing. I guess you could say, you know. Um, so you know, uh, like um, you know, when when Harvey Bay was cooking, you know, I used to spend a lot of time up there. Spent uh, fucking hours and hours on the flats. So I just go up by myself, go up with friends, just go up whenever I could, sometimes the wrong time, sometimes the good time. So I guess I'm going to say this, okay, and, I, and like I, I apologize to my friends who live in the area that um, that listen to this, but I still go up there. Um, they're not, and, um, and I still find them, but I don't – I've seen that place turn into Pitt Street, and, I, and it's not as good anymore, that's for sure, but I don't really advertise it. Um, I don't put photos up and stuff of it. I don't, I don't need it for my business or anything like that. But I digress. But uh, yeah, the Goldies are um are definitely um are something that I hold close to my heart, and I I feel as though that I could go most places in the country now and and understand what turns them on and where and where to find them and what tide to fish them and stuff like that. It seemed to be pretty universal. Um, and that was something that you know I, I didn't I had to figure out for myself. A lot of that stuff like that, I suppose. I mean, you could say the same thing with, with bass, really. Um, but bass, I had a I had a pretty early career on. You know, like it's uh it's bass has been with me from from bait to lures to fly well and truly you know it's uh as a kid i used to it used to be a chore to go and get bass out of the river and, and bring them home for food same with um eel tail caddies you know or, um or jewfish as we used to call them like dew you know um yeah. so now they've always been with us with all this stuff so amongst all this new interests and and fly fishing definitely created new interest in new species for me like i had no interest in tuna before i fly fished at all you know and and I guess there's some species that just blend in it, but I, I tend to go into um, uh, overdrive in interest to some of these fish, you know, um, uh, like impoundment barra as well. Like uh, my good friend who, who recently passed away is also a guest on the show, Trevor Burgess, was a massive um, uh, inspiration, in, definitely an inspiration, but um, definitely a, a big tutor for me, but wasn't always there. And like I, I would have to spend, as people who know who've tried to crack, uh, empowerment power on fly or conventional gear excuse me it i mean you might go out there one day and, and score them happy but try and repeat it the next day or the next week or the next time you go and you and you might st stare at a week's lot, lot of donuts you know it's not yeah. it's not easy you know and it's um um and that that was uh that was kind of a real eye-opener to me as well um yeah those, those two i suppose would be i mean bass bass have always been cool toga as well that would that yeah i would put toga in that as well i spent like it's um um yeah fly fishing definitely got my interest into toga as well i wasn't they were they were in my local puddles um that's for sure and they were a bycatch but <clears throat> sight fishing with with lures didn't really interest me catching on top water did but once i got into fly fishing and, and sight fishing for them it was i wanted to know everything i could about them i guess i guess but even between those three species and tuna 
I just want to, when I get into a species like that and, and trying to crack a code to sort of answer your question there, I just want to learn everything about that species that I can and I want to, I want to hunt them basically. That's what I want to do, you know? Um, yeah. uh, and I will, um, uh, I mean, a lot of those species got taken away from me. Like, you know, the goldies on the flats at Harvey Bay without banging on about it, everyone knows that that place is not like it was. And the pressure on it at the moment is, is amazing. Um, the impoundment barrier, like, I mean, that's starting to come back online now, but once those floods hit in 2011, man, that, those, those impoundments went offline. Like, well, well, the ones accessible to me did anyway, at least, you know? So, I mean, I live on the Sunshine Coast. I'm not driving up to, up to Faust to get my fix when I could used to drive to Mondrian or, um, or, or Awonga, um, as an examples, you know, and, um, and, and just, you know, be there in a couple of hours, you know, that's, yeah. uh, yeah. that's, that's what I'll do. But that, I mean, that got taken away from me. Uh, the goldies got taken away from me. Um, the tuna never did, obviously, but uh, but to get to and the bass did sort of t- to a degree as well. My local puddle got hit with a meter of rain overnight in September, which is when all those bass just screw up against a wall, and I lost one of the best best impoundments that have um, that I've still yet to fish. You know, it's coming back now, but these things are cyclic. But I, I will explain the freshwater Chris thing if you want, oh, just quickly. Absolutely, we'd love it. Yeah, right. I. So that was um that was some of my uh, old school hater mates. You guys know who the fuck you are, okay? That um who love seeing the demise of um of someone and as the rats leave the sinking ship, yeah, so to speak. So a bit of a sad story in a nutshell. I I made a business decision once and um didn't go too well. Um so I I used to have a five and a half meter gale force. Gavin Davis has got that now. He was um kind enough to float me and um and and I gave him the boat in exchange basically sold it to him if you like and um it changed my situation so you know for the first 10 to 12 years of my fly fishing career i was i was heading in a in a trajectory of of uh, lavish expectations you know glamour fish traveling to destinations and all that sort of stuff and and it was always salt i I would always left preference to salt or obviously the barramundi you know but i was always fishing for bass and togering amongst that as well because they're local easy easy fish to prey but once I once I changed, I um I got that whaler that I've mentioned on the show before, and yep. I couldn't go I couldn't go to the places that I that I wanted to go, and, and I, flat out I just couldn't afford to go to these impoundments anymore, and just because like, I used to go there for a week, you know, or four days, you know, and I just couldn't afford to not work, you know, um, yep. which uh, made me look at local species more and and interest in in um you know well it was mainly mainly freshwater I suppose so you know it's um. I was fitting, hitting tiger and bass because they were good fisheries. They were easy for me. They were tranquil. They were um, just easy things to do for me. And uh, or when I built that boat, I was fishing with a friend of mine, Stephen McDonald, who we did a little bit of a trade off. Like he 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 was only new to fly fishing, and he had he has been struggling to catch bass. And um, I invited him out. A friend of mine let me bent, borrow his boat, and um, I took Macker out and. We hit it off and had a great friendship and, man, he was giving me time in his boat and he wanted to catch bass and I wanted to go fishing and, you know, we're still good friends, obviously, but that's where Freshwater Chris came from, I suppose, through just a, a life-changing situation. Yeah, right. It's interesting, that, like, trajectory that, you know, a lot of people, I think, I, I feel as they get older, they start to kind of, you know, family and things move in and work and a mortgage and they start to have to plan their trips a little bit more and say, all right, I'm going to stick around and not fish for, you know, a month or so, but then I'm going to go away for a weekend here and there rather than, you know, when you're a bit younger, you kind of can get after it a lot more and, and often that results in sort of local fishing so you're not going as far. But you've kind of 
done the opposite in some respects. I mean, you've got a trip coming up, don't you? Like a Hinchinbrook trip or something? Is that? Yeah, dude. That's uh, yeah. That's so that'll be that'll be fun. Um, that yeah. I mean, even that trip's a, a great example of of the angler I've become through through adversary, uh, and I really think it's um. You know, you would say that you wouldn't wish that stuff on anyone, but for but for your fishing, I would wish it on everyone. I mean, fuck having to um, having to scrounge around in in highly populated areas and and highly populated fisheries and stuff like that, um, as opposed to ignoring them all and maybe not fishing for a few weeks in lieu of a of a planned trip to somewhere where there's happy fish. Yeah. I tell you, man, you find a whole new respect for the game. You really do, you know? Like, I mean, you might start out there when you're starting out and, like, you might be fishing your local estuaries and not have large expectations of yourself, and that's fine. But you get a few fish under your belt and you want more and you keep heading in an upward trajectory. But it just, for me, it got to a point where I just couldn't, it, it wasn't, I couldn't do it anymore, you know, through through a change in life life circumstances. So it was, uh, I, had to, I had to revisit my expectations, if you like. And, um, yeah. and, and it was a good thing. It really, really fucking really hone my skills man that's for sure you know um it's getting lazy Get, i was really getting lazy in my attitude attitude towards fishing my approach to, to being an angler um now i do things that like uh you know 10 10 15 years later that i should have done in, when i was much younger to be able to handle it in my body like staying up all night fishing for jewfish yeah. <laughs> I, I could have done the same thing back then and the and the and the river that i fish now was fishing much better back then and i knew about it but they weren't goldies and they weren't barra and I wasn't interested in it, you know? Yeah, you would have bounced back better as well, I bet. <laughs> I'm still, I went out on Tuesday night. I'm still struggling right now, you know? So it's a... Uh, it's, 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 that uh, kind of puts you in the, in the sort of situation that tournament fishers are in where it's like, well, this is the day you're here. These are the hours you've got. And it might not be the best tide or it might not be, you know, the best moon phase or whatever conditions, but you've got to kind of produce and make it work, you know? I, I see what you're saying there, but I, I disagree in a way. I, I've got the luxury of being able to pick and choose, but I now need to, um, I need, because the fisheries are such balancing on such a, fine, a knife's edge of, of um, how they perform. Like the wrong tide, the wrong water temp, the wrong weather system, you know, like all that sort of stuff. So I'm watching all of it now, which is stuff that I was getting lazy with. I mean, I always knew about, oh, okay. but um, but now I got to like it's I've I've, you know, it's it's I got to I got to be aware of the baits movements more than the, the predators' movements or the seasonal movements. I can't just go well, jewfish coming in winter. I just got to get there on this tide. It's not about. It's not not like that anymore. You know, it's um, yeah. I, it's so much. I'm not going to listen, but I mean, there's there's so much more past the equation now that I had to revisit or go without. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Interesting. Hey, Vaults, for you, then, is there anything you've been sort of chasing recently that you, um, you know, sort of in that kind of respect, like things that are closer to home that's kind of uh, aroused your interest or whatever? Uh, yeah. Yeah, there's something, um, like, I, I chased, uh, I first started chasing them, oh, man, like pretty close to the start of my journey, actually, you uh, carp that is and and that was down near boat desert and then i'd had a bit of early-ish success on them and then i put it away for a while um you know i just sort of went on to chasing other things mainly tuna and salt water and, and that and then um then went down in new england had a mate down there lowey and he had access to a lot of good sight fishing for carp tailing carp in streams and that and that was cool and then he moved away from there so they got sort of put away again and and then more recently, um, you know, I've I've been doing it uh, uh, in the in the streams uh, around, um, you know, further further south, but still in the in the scenic rim, and um, and they, you know they're really um, 
they're really rewarding. Is they like um, um, they're not they're not easy. A lot of thought and strategy goes into into you know each one, and um, you know uh, I certainly envy the the guys who you know have have the time and opportunity to to chase them. I, I'd I'd like to do more of it. I find them really addictive and very rewarding. Um, you know, and I spoke about my love of tuskies and. You know, we, we hung a lot of shit on uh, Andy Bolts, you know, but um, for for his, his love of carp. But, um, you know, I, I totally, totally got it, you know, and, and was all tongue-in-cheek, you know. But um, like, I guess you absolutely. can say once you, get a ta- once you get a taste for it, you know, it's really. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> once that egg is, is laid, yeah. 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 So, yeah, so cool. Well done, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah they're. They're cool. I find them rewarding. It just feels sort of uh, it's a weird scenario when you you nail one and then you throw it up on the bank. You know, like it's um, but it is what it is, eh? So yeah. I can remember. Oh, sorry, I was, go, let's go for it. I was going to say I can remember the first time I broke a carp's neck like that two volts. It's um, what am I doing here? You know, but uh, yeah. yeah, you've just spent all this time chasing it. Like how long it took me to get my first carp only to only to kill it. You know was was weird it was somewhat rewarding actually because i knew i had to kill it the whole time you know i can remember the very first one i was with andy actually he, he spent a lot of time getting me my first one sorry didn't mean to hijack the no, question no, but no, but it's um but that it was that sense of it like it was it was the only time well since i used to uh keep fish to eat that i found a sense of accomplishment to killing a fish you know that's for sure that's um, i still kill fish to eat like i still eat tuna well a lot you know but um yeah. Um, but you know something that's not desirable to eat to just kill it like that, just remind like uh, we used to do as, as kids. You know we used to keep everything. That was our trophy. You know it was um it was stupid, but uh, we didn't know any different. But um, um, but yeah, I know what you're saying, Volts. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? That yeah, you work so hard, and and I, I really love. I think you guys probably get the same thing. I don't really have the experience that you do with the salt, but you put a fly in front of it and see it kind of. You can see things ticking over in their mind, and then all of a sudden it goes in, bang, and Cup fight pretty reasonably well, you know. Like, yeah, yeah. apparently they can't get the great Chris Adams onto the reel, but that's all right, you know. <laughs> that's, that's legit, man. I'm I'm not not even kidding you. Like, it's like I just not. I mean, I haven't well, got thousands under my belt. Just can't get one on the reel. I was only talking to Andy about this the other night, and he said, you know, he goes, "You got to let him." I said, "Do you not remember? I was just I used to back the drag off even to try and get them onto the backing, you know." It's uh still yeah, you just you just can give him stick, can't you? It's like a lot of fish, like like cotton things as well like if you want until they get to the real extreme sizes it's sort of like you can just stop it take a wrap or whatever and give it hell yeah maybe it's just um it just depends on where you come from as a fisherman maybe i, I don't know and i don't mean that in a i mean you could take that either way you could take that as me um degrading myself or slurring others i, I take it as you want i'm not meaning it any way but i'm so used to um <laughs> If I can if I can gain any advantage on a fish, like I, I got no interest in playing it out. You know, I'll, I'll get them in. I'll pole a fish in if I need to. I'm so used to stopping fish like barra and bass and even toga and stuff like that. But, I mean, some fish like tuna, like I'm, I'm very used to just letting them run. Anyway, I mean, but you, you can feel it. You can. It's a feeling. You, can, you know when you can break a fish's spirit. And if I can break, it doesn't matter what, it's a carp. Whatever you know, if you can feel it, if you feel you're not overloading the rod, and you can, you know that fish is going to have its spirit broken. I, I, I got no interest in in um in letting that thing uh, play it out its way, you know. I'll, yeah, most definitely. I'll jump in here, Chris. Uh, fished a toga comp with Chris once, and um, 
and he just brutalized his tigers 70 75 centimeter tigers into the boat in honestly it felt like 20 seconds at the most <laughs> well that's that's a comp like i i mean like i could have a bit of fun with them but i still i'd be more gutted to drop it but in a comp i want to get it in and get the fly in the water again you know that's right there was no fucking around trust me i was like uh, you know i thought i knew fishing but yeah that was it's pretty brutal. Yeah, and he was only using a five or a six weight or something. Like these are six. these are big fish, and and they can uh, six was it? Yeah, and they you know if if you let them get their head down, there's a couple of seconds there where you just got to hang in there. But yeah, you Christian let them get their head down. That's for sure. Well, that's <laughs> like also we talk about when we fish for tuna now. Like I mean, both of us have done it for so long. I mean, we're spoken about but you look you look for comp size fish, what we call them. You know, it's um. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's great to catch a big fish, but I don't know, man. I, I'm flat out now. Like, if I see if I see tuna that are around 15 kilo, I'm like, oh, mm. can we drive past? You know, it's um, I'd rather <laughs> just those circles around the boat, and it's it's not it's not entertaining to be fighting a tuna. Like the hunt, finding them, working them out, and and putting a fly in front and getting to eat. Yeah. that's tuna fishing. Driving the boat, the strategy, all that sort of stuff. That's tuna fishing. Teamwork. Yeah. 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 The the run on the reel and the circles around the boat. Yeah. Mm. Particularly sharks now too. Like, you know, it's a really vulnerable time for the tuna and for the anglers. Like when that fish is circling under the boat, you're like, please don't have you know a shark come up. And with side images now, you can watch it on television. You can see yeah. you've, got a, you've got a backpacker. You know, you got Ivan Malats down there. He's about to fuck you up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is an element to tuna fishing too that you do. I mean, we're drifting off a bit of a tangent. I'm sure we'll come back. But I mean, yeah. You know, you and I like remember that that Priby tournament we fished together oh, when yeah. um, when you sabotaged my in, impending win by getting a flat tire that time. Remember, <laughs> and uh, but we were watching we were watching sharks on the side imager and starting to figure out how we're going to land a fish here, and came, and started to come up with a. I mean, it's still a well and truly unproven technique, but it worked for us on the day, and it's worked it's worked since I've been in other boats as well. You know, um, but that was part that's part of the tuna fishing, part of the reward of getting that fish in the boat, knowing that you you, you outduke the shark. You know. Yeah. Well, speaking of that flat tyre, we've got a phoning question, but he's not actually phoning in from Fishercron. If you guys are happy to give it a go. Okay. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're going to have to anyway. Um, yeah. <laughs> give us, hit us with the crunt. Yeah, oh, I will. And it's not going to, it's going to, it's going to be rough. It, no. Is there an umlaut over his U in crunt? <laughs> it's, so it's to umlaut. Crunt. You need a letter to say umlaut. Umlaut. Yeah, yeah it's, not, it's not a Queensland versus Victoria dialect. It's just uh, a lack of verbosity. Okay, Dan, relax, man. <laughs> there we Jesus. go. Yeah. yeah sorry, oh, yeah. sorry. I got really Story. Yeah, sorry. Mister yeah. Mamrot, Jesus, <laughs> fucking school. All right, settle down, Mister Adams. Say some words for the rest of us, Jesus. Um, <laughs> he wants to know what's the what's the hardest uh, thing you've rammed your boat into. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. That's the question you wanted to ask at all things. I'll let Who's Chris go first. I, I yeah. Uh, mate, I, I'm I'm in pretty tame. I just put I put a stump to reboat at Barumba once. That's about it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I've I mean it's impossible to fish properly at Barumba and not bump a tree. I, I I'm guilty of that. Um not at speed though. I've I've hit the Great Barrier Reef at varying speeds. Um, and <laughs> That's such a big area. <laughs> <laughs> the odd sandbank. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, that was uh, probably most memorable. Was um, it was after the last lot of floods, um, or it hit the um, the local the Pine River, and I had this guy on board who oh, I won't mention his name. It's just incredibly bad luck. Anyway, um, and I had unlucky yeah. on board, and it's like yeah, no, take you for a spin in the Pine River. Never been there. It's from up north, and anyway, um. So I was following the markers and I said, you know, oh, I've fished this river for years, you know, fucking blah, blah, blah. It's nowhere I'm going. And, you know, just making out. I was like full Russell Coit. And I was following following <laughs> the channel markers upstream and, um, yeah, the flooded out a new sandbank and uh, I fucking hit it at wide open throttle. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> was it wasn't disastrous. Like it was, you know, like we were, we were, it was well underwater, but, you know, I probably, yeah, took a bit of, Took a bit of gel coat off and polished the prop a bit. Oh. Yeah, reliable to get off. Yeah, it was good. I, I, I got another story that's um, it's not so much it hit something hard, but I got a story, a, a memory I'd like to share of a time that I was in a boat with a with a um a young uh, pelted up captain and um <laughs> and uh, I won't name his name, but he was like very hairy and very tall, you know, and um just confidently just cruising out past this place called Skirmish Point during a <laughs> <laughs> during a during a tournament one time, I think it might have been that same time where he sabotaged the. No, it might not have been. I think it might. Oh, I can't remember. But um, anyway, we've only fished one tuna. Time. Have we? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Well, then it would how, be. It'd how be you that. Know it's, how do you know it's you? He didn't say who it was. Oh, there's not too many tall, hairy people around. You know? <laughs> what about Pal? Oh, go on, Chris. Sorry. Anyway, so yeah, no, he's he's small. That um. um I think he's only I think he's only six two Dean Peltman, isn't he? He's only yeah. real tiny, right? Yeah, eighty seven kilos. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh no, we were um we're cruising out and, and like skirmish points notorious for like standing random waves, oh. you know. And <laughs> Palti's boat's not no no um you know, it's no it's no tender, you know, let's put it that way. But it's not it's not exactly a fucking um super yacht either. But um but he put it, he buried us in this wave, and for a split second there, like it was like getting barreled in the waves, like it was a proper green room. So the whole the whole boat went completely underwater and went over the console and it, like in like not broken water, like solid sheet of water over the whole yeah. thing. Like if you're watching it from the bank, it would have looked like um like one of those um those those novelty boats that are like completely yeah. in a like a sub jet submarine sort of thing that just go way under the waves and lots of stuff. It was pretty cool though. We came out of, uh, unbelievably unscathed for what just happened, but I can I can remember the split second there when that whole water was. I was like, "Oh, we're fucked." And yeah. um, yeah, because yeah. uh, there's been times where that place has been so rough that I've been out there and 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 a, and a friend of mine, one of the first times I went out there, uh, uh, I wouldn't call him a friend, but a, an, an accomplice of mine <laughs> says to me, "Just go, just just take it." at idle speed and be as close to the shore as possible. I'm like, why is the waves um, less, less, less dangerous close to the shore? He goes, no, it's not as far to swim. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's a funny <laughs> spot, eh? Like the wave, the wave form is so unpredictable. Like, you yeah, know, you'll, get a, you'll get a wave and the back will just fall out of it, you know? And, yeah, or it'll just it'll just stand up like a peak, like a yeah, like when you like when it, when you see a slow motion of a of a, a water drop land in the water and that that peak that comes up after it lands, like that's the waves will do that and it'll spin you around and you'll breach and it's weird, yeah, dangerous. Well, oh, hey, thanks for sharing, gentlemen. That's lovely. That's good yeah, good story. I hope I hope Fisher Crunt um gets most yeah. out of that question. 
I think you've sufficiently, su- sorry, sufficiently, sufficiently appeased him, you know? Yeah. Which is Go a- grab yourself a cigar and a pancake, Crunt, and, um, <laughs> and uh, you know, relish in your accomplishment. A pancake. I'm sure he will. I'm sure mm. he will. Or a bong so and got, a crumpet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, you guys have been in a bit of a unique position having this podcast where you're sort of getting to talk to a lot of different people from different backgrounds and things, you know, from like some of the legends of the sport right down to people that are sort of just starting out but getting after it. I mean, what are some of the things that you're seeing in some of the sort of newcomers to the sport that's inspiring you to kind of, you know, get out and get after it a bit if, like, if, if you know, if that occurs? Do you want to speak on that, Volsi? Yeah, uh, this is a tough one. Um, yeah, I there's so many things I uh, I really um, like. So can you just repeat the question again? Because um, <laughs> I got I got sidetracked there. I was yeah yeah. Wh- what do we, what was the actual question again? <laughs> it wasn't very clear. Um, like you know, you're coming across all those different people. Are you seeing yeah. any young people getting into the sport that kind of reinvigorating your interest in certain things, or like what are some things you see from newcomers to the sport that you're kind of uh, that that uh, spark your interest or that you respect? Oh, look, I um, I I get I get inspired when I see uh, newcomers come in um, and they have a lot of lot of passion and energy. Um, and you know, they're discovering, you know, sort of fish and fisheries and techniques and that, um, you know, and they're, you know, they're, they're, they're getting, you know, very excited about it. And that, I, I sort of, that energy is cool. Um, I also, I also get, um, you know, I respect the guys who, who do it right without taking shortcuts. Um, you know, like that for me is, when I say taking shortcuts, I mean, everyone wants to get as good as they can, as fast as they can, to have as much as success as they can. But, you know, there's this, you know, there's sort of things that you see that sometimes aren't, aren't quite right. You know, maybe um, I say some captures aren't believable for whatever reason or, or you know, yeah, someone or, yeah. Anyway, I, I don't want to. Can, make I, can I interject there with that? What's that? Just quickly. Yeah, what you're saying is that you've been around long enough to know, you could call shenanigans. Yeah. Yeah. You know what's up, eh? Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> and, and those sort of things, you're like, okay, all right, dude. You know, yeah. Uh, if you're doing it for, for the gram, you know, you're just doing it for likes or whatever. Um, or even, you know, you're, you're doing it for your own ego. Look, that's, that's cool. But we know, you know. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, but I don't want to get negative. I do like people who, <laughs> who go about things, doing things the right way. Um, you know, asking the right questions, making the right connections, you know, just, you know, the, the help and support is there. Um, the networks are there. Um, you know, and I guess not everybody, some, some people feel the need to, to reinvent the, the wheel or to, to, to forge their own sort of path. And that's cool too. I totally get it. But, you know, as long as the, it's a true path. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, yeah, that's sort of one end of it, isn't it? I mean, on the other end of the podcasting you guys have been doing, you've had a lot of the legends of the sport on. Maybe we'll go with um, Freshwater Chris. If he could, if you want to just give us some uh, some of your, I don't know if you call them your favourite guests, but some like sort of memorable guests that you guys have had on. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I guess 
I could answer that question off the back of kind of what Volt said there, you know, and with your question, I suppose. It's the guys that are, um, I really, my favorite guests have been the guys that um, have, have, have shown themselves, if you like, you know, and um, uh, in, 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 all, in all sincerity, you know, like there's been guys we've had on that have just qu- quoted their same old rhetoric for a long time. And it, do- it doesn't really matter in regards to the level of experience. I mean, look at Dean Butler. I, I really don't think there's anyone in Australia that's got the achievements or the or the or the or the props worldwide as Dean has. And Dean just comes on and just chats to us like we are when he doesn't when he could easily have his head up his ass, but he but he's so far removed from it, it's not funny. Now I didn't actually say that some of our guests have had their head up their ass. <laughs> but um what I will say is that some of the other guys that we've had on um <laughs> you can make it what you will. But uh, some of the guys that we've had on, you know, like uh, like um, like uh, G- um, Jimmy Caves and stuff like that, you know, like he he was up there with one of my favorite guests that we've had on. That's for sure. I mean, that guy fishes really well in an inspiring manner because he fishes his local waters well. You know, um, you know, we're 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 you know, there's there's people that uh, put themselves in a position of influence that travel a lot. To um to to fish some pretty dumb and happy fish, and you know hold their chest out. I mean, great, your travel skills are excellent. But as far as an inspiring fisherman goes, someone like Jimmy is 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 top of the heat. Same with Dean, you know. And it's um you know like as different spectrums. Like Dean's put himself in a position of influence in media, uh, and fish with some of the the best in the world. You know, like uh and and he's rubbing shoulders with some of the best in the world and some of the people that are best of the world, even from areas that the sport originates from. Jimmy, completely humble, like works in a bottle in, in Bermagui and fishes for brim. I put both of them in, um, in, in this, like, you know, shoulder to shoulder as far as, as, as two examples. I mean, there's other, there's plenty of other people on the show that have, have been inspiring to to me. That's for sure. Um, um, but, but there's two examples like that. I think encapsulates the way I think about our guests quite well. Um, you know, uh, yeah, you know what I'm saying. I guess it's um, I I just I just I mean some of the some of the some of the people we've had on, I, I really think that people are, are genuinely interested in the interest story, but some people just didn't like. I'll take you right back to the start, the way I word it, didn't show themselves. You know, they yeah. they didn't. You know, and it's um, they just they just um, you know, I, I, sometimes I think it might be a bit disappointing, it might be a bit disappointing to hear to some people, um, but I mean the positives far outweigh the negatives even with those those guests i guess uh, i guess i'm just trying to offer a yin and a yang in that respect yeah. but um yeah but uh yeah look i think um i think i answered your question that's what i think yeah i think it's interesting that there's sort of the unifying factor between say those two that you mentioned and like when i spoke to you if there was any about it you kind of also put a few other names like dave bradley and trevor barrett Powman guys oh so yeah it's a I'm little so glad. bit Sorry, sorry. Trevor. I was just going to say, I'm so glad we got Trevor recorded. Oh. You know, like Trevor was pretty mm, special. He was, uh, I mean, he tragically died um, not so long ago, um, doing what he loved doing, which you know makes me pretty happy for him. I suppose it, you know, I'm sure it wasn't a fun moment for him, but um, I'm sure I could tell you right now the amount of times I spent on the water with Trevor, um, he wouldn't want to go any other way, man. I'm telling you right now. It's um, so um, anyway, um, yeah, I'm glad we recorded Trevor. Sorry. I was just saying, it's pretty special that you managed to capture him talking about his thing and kind of get in, you know, and, and let him kind of unload a little bit of his knowledge and his experience. It's pretty, pretty unique, pretty special. 
and it and it didn't even really scratch the surface of, of, of what he's offered me. Like Trevor's been such a reserved person to get into a group and a, to it. I'll give you an idea, man. Like one day Trevor told me that um, he got he got hassled a lot by people who wanted to travel to where he knows well, get him to show them stuff, and and take all the credit. He had happened to him heaps. Like I, you know, like my exposure to that happening before seeing it in other places was 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 Trevor, I suppose you could say. The guy fished Lake Awonga daily. Even when those fish went over the wall, he was finding fish when people people were at the boat ramp and hadn't even seen a fishing boat. They're asking him what his fucking motor was on the front because no one was fishing it, you know? And, um, they, they were just fishing ski boats. They didn't understand what an electric motor was. Um, but, um, you know, so I'll give you an example. So he, he did an episode with Mark Berg once. He said Mark Berg was actually pretty good to work with, you know? And he, he told me, he said, oh, can you watch the episode for me? I said, why? He goes, because I don't like looking at myself on TV. And I go, well, why do you want me to see it? I don't want to see it. And he's like, um, I forgot my teeth. <laughs> so he, left, he left his teeth out and he was, he was paranoid. He, like I'm watching him talk on the show and he's, he's talking like this or he's covering his top lip and stuff like that. And I'm going, oh, you can fully tell you don't have any teeth in, mate. You know? And so, <laughs> you couldn't, but I just like giving him shit. But, um, um, so, I mean, the guy is, is, is quite reserved. He's, he's, when you're on the boat, he, he basically says two words and it's always important. It's never, it's never, it, doesn't have the same level of abostibation skills as me and Volts have. Let's put it that way. So to get him to come onto a show, that was a really special moment for me. And um, and I think um, I don't know if he came across as 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 the guy that I know and as inspiring as as he has been to me. But there's definitely a lot of gems in that show, that's for sure. But yeah, that was definitely one of them. Dave Bradley was a good show too. Same with um, um, getting um, I mean the the the, the Mill family was awesome as well. Yeah, and and cool. same with um. Same with Harry. Oh, Harry, that, that's, I mean, that's invaluable too. I mean, I often forget about that one because we didn't interview Harry. D Dave yeah. gave it to us, you know? Yeah, that was great. But, but get Dustin Huff was a good one as well. And that was, that's a spin out in itself as well. Like I've been, I've been friends with Dustin without knowing who he was for, for a while now, just through social media, I suppose, just talking back and forth. He buys brushes off me, beast brushes, and I had no idea it was Steve Huff's son, you know? So it's, um, when um when you know it was it was an easy thing to get him on because it was uh and Dustin's like that too apparently um, Nicky Mill was telling us that he he was spun, he's when I when we first reached out to the Mill family I was speaking to Nicky and he goes have you been fishing with Dustin or something I go no I've never been I've never been to Florida he goes how the hell did you get Dustin on I'm like oh we we just been friends for a while and he stuff he goes man it took us so long to get him on our show he just doesn't do podcasts you know and it's uh. And it was really good. And, and Dustin was one of those guys who showed himself on there. He really did. You know, it was, um, it was, it was really good to have someone that, like, when they come on and they participate in a conversation rather than, than um, this plastic fucking rhetoric that they want other people to, to, to know about them rather than showing themselves. That's what I like. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's some sort of unifying factor between all those people that they, they're just quite honest with what they know like you could ask any of those guys something and if they don't actually know it they're not going to kind of talk around they'll just say no nah, i don't know don't know yet yeah. or I don't know yet you know and and the, the, the way they've sort of accumulated their knowledge is through hard work you know it's sort of they might have got little bits and pieces here and there but really it's time on the water and yeah in the case of jimmy caves it's like localized you know there was like nick nipe and a few other people oh, like yeah uh, nick as well he was the same yeah it's incredible, but it's just—it's kind of like I guess what you're saying. You're saying show themselves. It's just sort of relaying their personal experience without, as you said, that sort of rhetoric. That I think it's almost like you know a bit of a TV thing or something, or where they have to say, "Oh well, 
I'll, you know, I'll quickly list the flies that I use and here are the rods that I use because they're the best rods in the world and that. I mean, you wouldn't even catch any of those guys talking about brands or anything. They're just telling you the knowledge that they've accumulated. And I think that sort of underlying honesty is really um, kind of what makes for a really uh, sort of a really, not a personality, but really accomplished fisherman, you know, when they're honest with everyone. And, yeah. And, yeah. Um, yeah, it's... it's well, uh, I- yeah, go for it. Go I'll, for I'll it. say what I, what I want to know as, as an interviewer, you know, like the way I'd like, the way I'm, I feel like I'm heading towards, and me and Volts discuss interviewing skills a lot. You, you probably don't know this because yeah, we, um, we, do te- we do test our, we do test our, our guests. That's for sure. You know, we might get someone on who we think might, lot, might, lot, lot, might not like swearing, and we'll be, how the fuck are you, cunt? You know? And, um, I mean, look at what we did with the mill, <laughs> the mills. First five seconds got on. We got the fucking Andy Mill and fucking Nicky Mill on, and Andy's like, "You've been cussing in the first five minutes," and then he just opened up. You know what I mean? Yeah, Big time. Yeah. I mean, how many times have you heard? Have you ever heard a national broadcaster, uh, a TV star, Andy Mill? Uh, you know, uh, you know, <laughs> um, one of the golden boys of American sporting in uh, many fields, say, "Fuck you, cunt!" on um, on national on <laughs> international broadcast. It was cool as you know. We do we do things like that all the time, you know. And as as an interviewer, like uh, I would like to get into, I like to try and head steer people in the direction of getting into their mindset of what that special personality has created. Uh, that that's tweaked the interests of so many people. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah, um, you know, I, I think those questions to get them kind of catch them off guard. Not not that you're getting them on the back foot, but it's just kind of throwing a spanner in the works, they kind of they can't fake too much after. They have to react genuinely to it because they're kind of something so left field. They go, oh, shit, I've got to hit the ground running here. And you yeah. could immediately, as soon as, as, soon as they kind of, you guys set the tone on your podcasts, you know, I feel like you elicit a very different interview than if you would have said, okay, which rods are you using and, and you know, when's your next trip? Like, you know, very formulaic. It's, it's, a, it's a pretty good approach, I think, to get those sorts of interviews and those characters to kind of tell their genuine story, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's the difference between asking someone, what, what fly did you use for that fish to what were you thinking with your fly selection? You know, yeah. what was your mindset there? You know, that, but, um, that's always been our aim, hasn't it? Like to, mm-hmm. to ask or try to, you know, we're not, we're not skilled interviewers. We didn't start out like that. You know, like it does take a lot of work to, to un, unearth the, the next level question you know it doesn't doesn't come naturally like you know it does does require a bit of a little bit of homework and um and uh, you know after a while it gets a bit easier yeah Yeah. well for you jeff have you got any sort of guests that have been on that you're like are coming into this sort of time you probably have similar ones to chris but there's anyone else that springs to mind look i for me there was a there's a few guys who um who were, you know, say early influencer, I wouldn't say heroes, but, you know, like like Chris previously mentioned, uh, Dean Butler was a great thrill for me. Um, uh, the the Mills, um, you know, Andy and Nikki, um, you know, like a, they were very, they are very accomplished anglers. And, and there was a moment where we were talking to them, I was just pinching myself, like, you know, it was, 10 years ago or so when, you know, when that um, the trio of very popular fishing DVDs came out, um, Chasing Silver, and, you know, I mean, I'm talking to this guy, you know, and he sort of, um, he had a lot to do with it, um, uh, you know, and obviously 
uh, you know, Rod Harris and Peter Morse played a you know an early part in in developing my aspirations, my fly fishing aspirations. So having them on was really cool for me um, from from that point of view. But you know, one of the greatest pleasures, mate, um, has been just just meeting guys out there doing things um, that's really cool and you know doing well at them. And I'm I'm just picking names out of a hat here, and I feel bad doing it because it means you know some people are going to go, hey, what about me? And um, I've actually enjoyed all of our guests, um, but you know, like guys, like remember that guy out of Meltman, Chris? Like this guy, yeah. is, you know, he, he could yeah. be out there now, like in freezing his literal balls off fishing for meat along Murray Cod on fly in the dark. Yeah, in a, yeah. one like, fish, yeah. one fish in a million. Cu- I respect the hell out of that shit, man. That's yeah. what I like to hear. Yeah, sorry, Volts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was for me. That was inspirational. Like I'm like, man, you know, these these people out there really earning their fish and their. You know, they're blazing their own path. That's fucking awesome, you know. Mm. It was people like that um, and, and meeting people like that through the podcast. I know it's slightly off topic, but, you know, that's been one of the greatest, um, you know, the greatest pleasures for me is, is you know, talking to people, you know. It, it's been really cool. Getting connected? Getting connected, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that's, you should make that your catchphrase or something. That's good. <laughs> nah, Luke's like. already stolen it, mate. <laughs> loop. Yeah. Wonder where they got that from. Yeah, oh, sugar. <laughs> sugar. <laughs> no, I don't is want that, to swear. Is that the short version of sugar tits? Or that's right. Oh, sugar tits. Yeah. Um, have you guys from all that? Then that's that's pretty. Have you got any like specific little nuggets of advice that have really stayed with you that you've kind of you keep coming back to? I mean, I'm sure there's plenty, but is there anything that's, that would come to your mind if, like, you know, off the top of your head? Who? Dr. Adams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, that nothing comes easy, you know? Like uh, what, you, what you see, uh, social media is a fucking iceberg, man, and you're only seeing the tip of it. You know, you're not seeing the, the work that goes into it, you know? And, um, and to circle back to what Volt said about, um, you know, people who uh, put themselves in a position to influence in, in a genuine fashion, you know, there's guys that have um, – that that have got a pretty full fucking iceberg hanging under the water, that know that um, that know I'm I'm going to get to my point with this, but they know they know how much work it takes to get to where they are, and yet we're led to believe with some people that they're fucking fucking being exposed to um um you know radiation or something become some sort of superhuman that's 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 accelerated their learning faster than anyone else in the whole fucking world. <laughs> It's just, it's just bullshit. I could tell you right now, there's a there's a vast majority of people who sit there talking behind their backs, going, "That's so full of shit." So it's um. So I guess for me, I would like to I would like to as a as a point of 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 not sitting there in the dark hating on those guys. I would like all everyone to understand that that you know we've said this earlier on the show that like donuts are a necessity, so to speak. And I've watched I've seen people online sledge us for saying that shit. You know. And and I think to myself, you, you're missing the fucking point, mate. It's not all fucking beer and skittles, like you know, like this is, this is this is hard work. It can be hard. It's a very effective form of fishing. There's a there's a straight line to success. You just got to know where it is and not be distracted by by bullshit. And um and and it takes it takes work for results, you know. So uh, as far as you know, like you know, my point of answering your question there, what I I take away from it is that 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 grind is is universal between for all those people that I that I personally rate 
um, no matter how they got there. You know, like it's uh, it's all always been a grind. I mean, that doesn't that's not necessarily just just fishing or even fly fishing. It's even conventional fishing. It, it's business. It's sports stars. All that sort of shit. You know, and it's um. I mean, you don't. It's it's funny, man. Like it's um, you can you can create your own hero with social media, so to speak. And I hate seeing people new to the sport get influenced by people that are um, smoking mirrors. I fucking hate it. And um, I mean, I, I I'm sure that avid listeners to the show aren't going to be surprised to hear me say that. There's fucking plenty of times, man. I um, I point this out on the show, and it comes from a place of of offering offering um direction, I guess you could say, because. Not so much based on my own results. I'd like to think that um, I, I I pursue and persist in a direction and, and and eventually achieve a goal. But I also know a lot of people. I mean, look at Volti with his fucking Tuskies, mate. You know, and look at Volti with his fucking VGDC. You know how many years Volti toiled over that VGDC, mate. He found all these curly black hairs in his own bed and made his eventually made his own fly based on. Only kidding, but um. <laughs> but I mean, like, there's there's a lot of guys that I respect and I know in real life that I've met before social media that I know how long they've taken to to get to these points, and I just want people that are starting to to take away the same thing I take away from the show that the that the grind is real. Like, there's no um, there's no 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 shortcuts to it, you know. That's for sure. Yeah, most definitely, it's very true. Yeah, it's, I guess it's, just, it's the evil of social media and, you know, Facebook that you see these things and you, you can't see any of the backstory and any effort they've put in. Or, mm. Yeah, yeah it's, well, it, you go for it, sorry. Sorry, sorry Dan. Uh, that's, and I guess, Volti, I don't know if you agree with this, man, but like when me and you and Andy were talking right at the beginning, oh. it's kind of why we fucking did the podcast, eh? Hey? We could see this shit happening and we're like, fucking, there needs to be some sort of reality in this, eh? I mean, to a degree, that was a, a part of the conversation, right? Getting people connected is is part of like you know, like getting people connected with the right direction, the right people, the right gear. You know, like it's um, you know, hearing these inspirational stories from the right people, so to speak. You know, it's it's about it's it's kind of like you're watching you're watching um anarchy unfold within within fly fishing. You know, really as far as uh, uh um what we're expected to believe or swallow. You know, so I guess what we try and put across here with the show is, 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 is kind of a linear fashion, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. I mean, it's, this is sort of morphed a little bit, you know, I guess an organic morph of, of the topic, but you know, one of the positive things that's come out of doing a, the podcast has, has been, you know, I'd say showing, showing a way forward, not, not us but our guests yeah um you know showing what 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 helped them what worked for them um uh yeah so i guess you know the 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 underlying selection yeah the the underlying principle (laughs) um you know is is chris often says the rising tide lifts all ships yep um so you know if that's all we want to do um and you know I'm selfish. I hope some of it comes back to me, and it certainly has. I've made some some great friends, seen some cool fishing, and I hope to do more through it. You know, so mm. yeah, it's been good. Yeah, absolutely. Well, guys, I've been I've been chewing your ear off for an hour and forty five minutes now. No, you haven't. No, no. Okay. Well, for some amount of time. Um, <laughs> have you guys got any uh, closing thoughts or anything else you'd like to mention that we didn't cover? Um. What do you think? Um, 
Not really. I'm surprised. I'm I'm surprised. I'm I'm surprised to hear you wrap it up. I thought you had more, but um, I didn't know where you were going either. I was just um, it just seemed like the podcast hit a peak then, and now it's oh. taking a steep decline. You know, and it's a. Uh, I don't know, maybe Volts. Are you thinking what I'm thinking that we probably should have got a different uh, host for tonight? Now, <laughs> <or>? <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh uh, no, no. Look, um, I guess there were. I think I'd, I'd just like to, I, well, at, at the end of each podcast, we always thank our guests. But once again, I'd like to thank, you know, everybody who's contributed, um, you know, through being a through being a guest or, um, you know, the, the various bits and pieces of bullshit we've had along the way, the bushfire appeal, the wide world of sports, the intros, um, um, you know, people who just download us. And, and oh, listen, yeah. But, you know, like. Uh, that's been that's been good um thank my uh you know the the supporters thank thank the haters um too you know like motivation you know sometimes like you know chris it mightn't be a surprise for people but it's not always convenient to put away you know each week you know one night to to do this and you know you might we've had people whinge about the length of it oh, i can't listen to it all it's too you know two hours longer well yeah. you know how think about the pe- the people who made it you know, and and that for you to get two hours of listening. Well, how about you, Dan? I know you've done a bit of bit of prep on this, so you know, like for for every bit you that goes into to the recording, you know, there's also the editing and the preparation. You know, it's, it's not it's not easy to do. Got to select the music too. You know, it's difficult. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> But it's a significant amount of work for you guys each week, isn't it? And on top of family and on top of jobs and then trying to pursue this activity yourselves, you know, it's just this little extra thing thrown in. I mean, you're both pretty flat out. But I think, you know, a saying comes to mind that, that you know, you get what you pay for and you guys paid nothing so you can get fucked. <laughs> Same with jet skis as well. They can get yeah, too. I'll put jet skis into that. But yeah, you guys, it's, it's a real, I just want to commend you on it because it's a real um, sort of service and it's this great like archival thing that you've kind of captured a lot of these people. I mean, you talked about Trevor before, Chris, and you said, oh, you know, it didn't even go into a tenth of what was there, but it's sort of impossible to get, you know, a lifetime of experience and that we're kind of just getting a glimpse into these people and maybe this sort of stuff inspires people to look into these guests a bit further or to, you know, alerts them to someone they didn't know existed that could kind of inspire them and change their lives, especially, you know, with fishing and that. So, yeah, yeah. you guys have done a really good thing with this. And oh, thanks. It's, um, yeah, no, it's, it's very impressive. But, yeah, well, I'm sure everyone out there, even the haters, you know, eventually come around, it's, they're grateful that you guys spend that bit of time and just kind of plug away because it's um, – Definitely, yeah, it's it's definitely influenced my fishing and the way that I think about this sport or activity or whatever you want to call it. Mm. Yeah, so, yeah, no, that, that's true. Um, I also I want to thank um, – well, there's two bands I want to thank as well, like um, Body Jar for letting us letting us play their, their music as well. The other guys we just haven't asked. But um, Body Jar, great, great Aussie band, um, and there's, a, there's, a, there's an avid fly fisher in that band, so it's um, – listens to the show. Um so I just want to say a big shout out to, shout out to them, and um, and uh, they got they got a new album coming out soon, and you can check out Big Shot on YouTube and wherever Spotify. Um, also, again, people asking me to oh sorry, the other band I want to shout out for is um is Volty's band playing Sweet Child of Mine at the end of um Axel Rose's show, Axel Rose, Axel Calvert's show. That was um that was cool, man. Appreciate. Well, nobody it. knows that about me. I've nah. uh, yeah, limited musical taste, and that's one of them. Yeah. You, yeah. <laughs> 
So it's, yeah, <laughs> it's, un- it's unfortunate you didn't you didn't make it, dude. But um, but yeah. we got that recording, and yeah. I'm surprised no one asked us who who that was. But I'm just going to reveal it now. That was um, what do you guys call yourselves, Volts? Do you remember? Uh, well, I was the front man. It was Voltsy and the Piss Weeks. Yeah, Voltsy and the Piss Weeks. That's a classic, yeah. man. Yeah, that's good. lovely name. It's mm. lovely. Mm. Mm. Yeah, we'll have to um have to get that on um, I might put the uh because that's a uh, people don't know that that you guys have got that film clip too. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I might I might put I'll put a link up to that, but um I've I've been asked to do a um to do a Spotify list and I don't have Spotify so I'm assuming you can you can link to to songs is that do you know what, what, what i'm not going to even ask you vols i mean since you left the band i know your music career is over so you're probably not yeah. interested in spotify but dan do you know about it um i sort of you can make a playlist that i don't use it either but um yeah i can imagine jeff sort of be out of touch he spent a lot of time playing the gatorade saxophone after yeah. band yeah. as well so i think he's a bit fried but you can make a playlist i think that's what people would be asking for for you to do but you could probably write out a list of the tunes or or whatever or you know if someone's really keen they could get that um app that that sort of shazam you know they could, yeah, they could figure out themselves a bit that's what i've said you know if you like because people ask me and you know sometimes I can't get to all, all, all the uh, PMs on time and so that I'll eventually get to them. But um, yeah, just hit Shazam, get just download Shazam, it's free, and just hold it up to the speaker and, the, and it'll tell you what it is. But I'm um, sure the the track that they all really wanted to know though was that last sweet child of mine. But I guess once you've sent it, that might have solved the problem now, everyone. It was Voltsy. So you that know was where to find a it. sweet sweet bile of mine. I think you call it, didn't you? Oh, look, it's it's part of the magic of television, guys. I, I'm not going <laughs> to reveal it. So, yeah. <laughs> no, it was, it was it was pretty cool. Um, also, I guess um, yeah, I want to I want to thank people as well, like Volti did, but um, all the people that that have done the intros ever since, and I want to thank Andy Bolch too. Like, um, yes, you know, I was going to give Andy a bit of a shout out in a minute too, most definitely. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, well, we, yeah, I'll, I'll well, I'll start with that, but I mean, yeah, Andy's <laughs> Andy's still um, Andy's still involved with the show somewhat, you know, like he's still, you know, I didn't tell him who we're having on the hundredth episode. Surprise, Andy. Um, but um, <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, no. Andy was uh, Andy was we was mentioned on the show before, but Andy was the one who was instrumental. Like it, it went, Andy contacted me one day, going, "Do you want to start a podcast?" I'm like, "Not without Volts." And then I contacted Volts, and then yeah, and then it happened. So that's how that's kind of how it happened. Volts, oh, okay. Andy's the one who um who instigated the whole thing. He was the 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 genesis. The, yeah, there, yeah. yeah, the Bill Collins of the he show. Was the sti- he was the sting the to, your, to your Andy Summers and and the other guy Copeland. Yeah, he was. He was Kenneth Copeland. Did you say? <laughs> I don't know. Let's. Uh, why don't we have an hour of silence to thank to thank Volts, uh, to thank Bolchi for his contributions? <laughs> you need to go that badly that you're willing to do an hour of silence, eh? <laughs> an hour. You ruined get... it, Chris. You ruined it. <laughs> oh, sorry. Nah, he's doing nah, great. It's true, though. It, it was, it was uh, when you guys came on as a trio, you guys all kind of offered, you know, different points of view. And it was, it was. I mean, you guys have still managed to maintain that in some respect. But, yeah, it was it's definitely a – it was a great sort of core group when you started out. As a listener, I remember thinking, you know, you've got a lot of bases covered here, which was great. Was yeah. this a ruse that you wanted to wrap it up? Because I thought this is where it was heading. But didn't you want to learn about the in-jokes as well? Oh, no, no, I was wrapping up. I just wanted to try and say that thing that you say on every episode that someone's been chewing your ear off for help. I've got, no other, yeah, <laughs> I've got, I've got no other way of getting out of it. I've got to work out a, another way of getting out of it. I mean, what can I say? You know, it's, um, 
There was a, there was a show there was a show that man there was there was gunshots went off in my street we had to edit it out. Do you remember that, Volts? I can't, we were on the we were talking to Snelly, remember? Yeah, that's right. That was um, crazy. Fucking gunshots in my street, dude. Fuck. That's Love a, it. Yeah, there's uh, nothing really bad has happened during the quarter. I'm pretty sure Volts taking a few dumps while he's doing the show. Yep. Not uncommon. <laughs> <laughs> There was not a second of pause there before he said, yeah, he's, he might be in there now. You never know. If it goes all echoey, then that means I'm in the throne. So I, re- I record in our uh, in our marital bedroom and, and cats like off putting their kids to sleep. And, um, and you know, right next to the bedrooms is an en suite. So I can, I can migrate in between. Hang, the- hang on, Volts. You're not painting the right picture. Like you, you get off the bed, you walk across the plastic sheet that's on the floor, and then you go to the bathroom, right? <laughs> yeah, so it's... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Chewie's in there somewhere, just yeah, like... Chewie, uh, Chewie the dog, he, he doesn't like, like being alone, so... Like a boy that can't tell anyone anything. Yeah, he's got, he's got a few weird habits. He'll scratch at the door to let him in, and then he'll just want to lie down next to the bed. And we got carpet. And he's got this weird habit where he wants to scratch the carpet up and, you know, like, uh, I don't know, never gets anywhere. He tries nesting. to scratch the tiles. Yeah, he's nesting. He wants to make yeah. a nest in the, in the floor tiles. But never gets anywhere, but still does it. Crazy dog. But, yeah, mm. yeah little, little chewy. Yeah. <clears throat> Very <laughs> interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it? We, the, the, this, we, we often don't edit stuff out of the podcast, but we might edit that bit about chewy out, you know? Uh, and you're, you're, you're the host tonight, Dan. You'd let us know, mate. Well, if you reflect back to episode 84, I don't remember who was on that, but it was an absolute cracker. But there was a bit of editing on that, wasn't there? Episode 84. Who, who was on there? Can you please remind me? Oh, a couple of, I don't know, a couple of brothers, stepbrothers or something. It was, it was a good episode either way. I remember it very fondly. I didn't know that. The, the Mams. <laughs> the, the Mam family, yeah? The yeah, Mam family. We just wanted to do better than Dr. Bates, and that didn't happen. So we, you know, we said oh. look, it was it was an experience, but we did our best, you know. Right, Dan. Let's not make this all about you. Hey, come on, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was that was a good episode, and that's that's been fun with this with this show. You know, like it's um it's getting, you know, we, we haven't been yeah. seeking out like um I mean, geez, don't take this the wrong way, but we haven't been seeking out rock stars for every every show. You know, I mean, you guys are rock stars in your own right. I mean, I mean. <laughs> Dan yeah. is legitimately a musical genius. He's a songbird of his generation. Yes, Scatman Dan. Yeah. How does that make you feel, Dan? Was that good scatting? Uh, I don't, I'm not going to comment on that. that was, it's a bit graphic for the podcast, I think. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Viagra for your ears, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, look, it's um, it's been good like that. Like, uh, we've we've even, we've even got other guys. I mean, yeah, I forgot about the SVS show as well. The dudes on SVS that was getting this, that was a circus, man. Getting like having four guys on one end in the United States talking to three of us. Was Andy on it? No, Andy was on that one too, wasn't he? No, wasn't no. he? Ah, oh. oh, well, then two of us. I mean, who knows, man? There was shit going everywhere on that show. It was crazy. Yeah, I mean, you guys, you had a, you know, when you had the mills on, it was pretty, it was pretty eventful. Like the sort of the rhetoric, this was, it was good. You've got, yeah, you've had a few like people that have bought it on um, shit talking, but also brilliance, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like, like Dr. Christopher Bates. 
Oh, that's just—I mean, that's just a transformative experience with the, the Oracle, Doctor Bates. Don't get yeah. me started. But if yeah, I look man. back through, you know, you look back through. You've had Pip Clement. You've had you know Jim Barchi from Scott Rods. You've you know people from New Zealand, Dean Butler, multiple times. You're really sort of a who's who, and even David Anderson. You guys did the photography podcast. That was like fantastic. That angle on things, you know. Yeah. 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 yeah no. Yeah. He, he was he was good too. There's another another one. I really feel bad singling people out because they've, they've all of them have been well, ninety nine of them have been top notch. And yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, you're right. I mean, in Pat Cohen, that's a, that was a big one for me too. I forgot about that one. Like Pat's a massive influence of mine, and um, yeah, really, really good bloke. It was good. It was uh, you know, it's a real honour for for these dudes to um. I mean, no matter who they are, even even if it's the man fam, you know, like to, to agree, you know, to say, yeah, we'll make the time. Yeah. And, you know, even like, and it's cool, the Austra- like you're kind of getting some Australian legends on there, people that are kind of real, you know, as you said, they've pursued one thing, honestly, and they've just, that's become their thing. Like, yeah, sort of Phyllis Kirk as well, looking at him. And, oh, yeah. It, man, so awesome. you keep, keep rattling them off. And every time I'm like, I want to change my answers from before, you know. Yeah. That was sort of the danger before too. Like you, you can't list everyone, but you could almost talk about every episode and say something like, you know, that just was awesome, you know, positive and blew your mind about it. Particularly episode eighty four, I think. Yeah, well, I mean, like guys, like Fish has been in the industry arguably longer than, or as long as as even any any of the guests we had on the show. But uh, I mean, I'm sure he'll agree. Like, there's there's not a there's not a great deal to learn about the man, you know, so to speak, out, out there, accessible on, on um, in any form of media. So it was really good to get him on too. It was awesome, you know, in fact. So it was – um, and I know he really wanted to tell tell his story too, you know, like he, he took the show seriously and all that. And that's really cool to hear from someone as a, an interviewer as well, to, to hear people that are that are into it, you know. Um, it's pretty good. One of the pitfalls you get as an interviewer as well is when people just we're, – we're getting more skilled with it, but people just burn the question, you know. Um <laughs> They just like they'll, they'll ask a question, and when we we're really when we we're early on, we would write out like we would write out the entire show. We'd, we're going to ask this, and then you'd have to pre-anticipate. <laughs> yeah, Andy, um, you'd have to <laughs> you'd have to pre-anticipate what they, <laughs> what they were going to say, and then and then based on what you thought they were going to say, that you'd, you'd ask the next question. You might ask someone, "When did you start fishing?" And you think, "Oh, they're just going to tell you they started when they were ten or twelve, and they did this, this, and that." And then you can ask them about their first species, but they're like, "Yeah, I started when I was six or seven, and my first species was this, and then I went on to this, and my favorite rod was this, and I really like this color fly, and blah 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 blah." <laughs> and you're like, and we're sitting each other, messaging each other on on text message, going, "Oh fuck, man, that's half of my notes gone." You know? <laughs> and we're ten minutes into the show, you know, and it's um. Yeah, it's it's crazy. It was uh, it was really thinking on their feet. There's been times I can remember when we interviewed one time we interviewed Josh Hutchins. I just had to stop. I'm like, um, sorry, Josh. I'm just gonna end the just edit the show out from here. I'm like, um, I don't know what I'm gonna ask next. And <laughs> it was um, it was pretty green in the early days. You know, it was uh, it was pretty cool. It was still it was, it was pretty fun. To your credit, though, you know, it comes across pretty organically. Like, it doesn't sound like you're kind of ripping these things. Like, going, all right, question seven, you know, and moving through it. I feel like you guys move through things in a pretty logical way. You're both good listeners, you know. What were you going to say, Jeff? <laughs> yeah, well, oddly enough, I'm not that great a listener. I just sort of moved on from from what you, um, you, you made a point early on there about um, – 
the early days, and, and Chris was talking about it as well, it it wasn't something that came easily. And you know, we had you know we put in a bit of work each each week, re-listening to the episodes and thinking, you know, things how we could improve things. Um, and for me, like I, I, I only the main reason I got into this, like we spoke spoke about getting connected. One of the one of my goals was was hoping to to be more comfortable, you know, talking and listening, you know, and I guess in a public sense, you know, um, and uh, it certainly helped with that. And for me, you know, I, I mentioned early on about, a, a, you know, the growth mindset made me say yes rather than no because I'm naturally averse to risk and, you know, um, there's so much that can go wrong. I, I worry about offending people and, you know, certainly some people over the years have said or over the year, two years of you know, sort of said, when are you going to talk about this guy? When are you going to talk about that? And you go, well, sort of, it's sort of our show. Um, and, you know, if it happens, it happens. Um, and, you know, we're, we're not professionals from the, from the point of view, but we're not professionals. We're not very good, but we're not, we're not, um, we're not, we're not here for anything other than, than our pleasure, you know, and if somebody, if somebody wants to come along and, you know, try and, and dictate the tune then you know respectfully just sit out champ you know we'll, we'll, we'll do what we want you know yeah. <laughs> yeah we've always been like that it's funny volts says he's adverse to risk volts is my um canary in the cage i'm um <laughs> there's plenty of times volts talked me off the ledge as far as teeing off on people you know sometimes <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not afraid of coming forward. Let's put it that way. So that show has been a le- the show has been a learning curve for me in that respect. That's for sure. Um, but uh, I will say this, like, in, like, uh, which is you know, uh, you know, might be contradictory. Right? I said I'm not going to mention who it is, but there, there has been, there has been. My least favorite show has been the, is the only person who's asked to come on, and we've 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 we've, we've, we've facilitated that, and I regret that, you know. But um, I'm not going to go into who that is. Um, and I'm not going to answer any private messages in regards to that either. That's that's completely private. But I I will, I guess I just wanted to make that point rather than pulling someone out. That but there's been times it's left a bad taste in, in my mouth when we're when we're bowed to what people think we should do. Yes, with that. Yeah, yeah. I guess the integrity that you guys see each episode through. Like you're getting people that you want to talk to. It's quite a, like the way you communicate with them and you try to elicit things, you're genuinely interested in what they're saying. Like it's, it uh, makes for a good podcast, you know, and I think it's sort of any podcast you listen to that has that sort of quality, that's sort of the, the same modus operandi, you know? Yeah. yeah. Yep. That's a good point. Mm. Yeah. They, I think there's a, there's a credibility that comes with authenticity and, and I can't fake it, you know. I just, I just want to talk to who I want to talk to and ask the the questions about stuff I want to and explore the directions, you know, and it's sort of, that's what it is. Yeah. yeah. And if, I mean, we've got a lot of people we want to get through and, uh, and if you want to hear a bit more of a behind the scenes thing, this is how guest planning goes. Well, we've got the show on Wednesday night vaults. It's Tuesday. <laughs> who are we going to, who are we going to have on? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, there's yeah. plenty of guests that will know. It will probably be listening to that going, yeah, no shit, you know. And, um, <laughs> because and there's this, time, this, this time you picked yourselves. That was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, well, we had to, we, we, you know, the, the idea of who we're going to have. This is probably the, we've done, 
as you know, Dan, like you did a bit of prep and you asked for us for a little bit of prep for that, but this is the least, I mean, the most prep we've done for, for uh, the furthest out for any show, really. Um, only because we knew that 100 was going to be a, uh, a milestone and, and a proud milestone for us that we wanted to have a good show. And that's not to say that we're, we're the best guests for that, I suppose. It's just that we, we couldn't, we didn't want to single anyone out uh, or have anyone to make them seem like they're better than anyone else. I guess you could say we felt the safest thing to do. And, and as it turns out, after that decision, it seemed like an interesting thing to do that um, we might, you know, like, cause, yeah, we, we had, we had, there were some people who floated the idea to us as well, Volts, right? Like, um, you guys should interview yourselves or um, get yourselves interviewed and stuff like that. And it's, uh, um, I mean, we, we had that idea for a little while. Um, uh, I will say, to me, I, I do like the originality of the show. I, I like, we try to keep it original with, with everything we do. And one deflating thing was, is I realized that after, I mean, after we made the decision to get ourselves interviewed, I realized um, someone interviewed Andy Mill on his show as well. And I was like, oh, man, that's our concept. But um, I mean, that's what I t- like I'm talking about early with the flies. Like when I'm like, oh, I could be talking to Andy Bolch about an idea I've got. And then someone on the other end of the world could do the same thing. And there's no way they're stealing off me. And there's, and there's, and I mean, I hope it doesn't come across like we're stealing that idea off, off Millhouse either. You know, it was, um, I mean, back us up, Bolts. I mean, it's legit, yeah. right? We, yeah, we, we looked at that and we're going, oh, shit. Because we we do like to, uh, although the pon- podcast concept is not new, fly fishing concept, fly fishing podcast, we're not pioneering there either. And our the way that we run the show with an intro, a, an interview, and an outro is somewhat modelled off off our friends from SVS as well. But we do try to make things as original as we can make them. In addition to that, as well, you know, like this, we're starting to mix it up a bit more. We've got shows without intros, um, guests on right from the start. Some shows are just just pure chats. Some shows that you know we, we try to mix it up as best we can. I mean, there's only our parameters are only so wide when it comes to a podcast, that's for sure, with with audio. But uh, I hope it comes across like that anyway. Yeah, well, the, I think the originality is in the content. I mean, the format is up. You know, I mean, if you can get some originality in the format, that's great. But I, I feel like you got you know the the content is kind of what's what everyone's there for. You know, and the little chat before and after, whichever way you have to do it. I mean, let's face it, almost everything's going to have been done before. Yeah. You know, you're going to be riffing on something or changing it. Not that, and I don't think you guys are really desiring to come up with something new every episode as far as the format, but I mean, the, the content that you're developing, creating, and sort of the, the over, probably the overarching narrative that you're getting with all these shows, you know, it's, 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 um, that's probably where the real meat is or the beef, you know. Got to follow <laughs> that beef, bro. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, man. It's good yeah, to know no, that people. Sorry, boss, you're on. Here you go. Yeah. No, no, all you, buddy. Yeah, so it's good. It's good to know that you know that's that's evident. Like you can see that sort of process in there or lack of it. You know, um, and I, I'd like to, I'd like to think that that might challenge some people too. You know, like to, you know, to to not fall into a you know a repetitive pattern, um, you know, of of a format or or very predictable pattern, I guess. It's probably a better word to say, um, mm. and and getting you know changing things up keeps things fresh for us too, and you know it also uh, you know I, I don't know I, I guess one of the logical questions you were talking about before Dan or not log- you weren't talking about it but I can see it maybe popping up is you know what's in the future don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was I really was going to ask that and I thought they're probably oh, just going to win that. <laughs> that was a bad. 
They're the worst guests, the ones who remember run I, questions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Remember I was telling you about those guests that burn questions, Dan? <laughs> I really Presto. was. I genuinely was going to say, and I thought, you know, they'll probably just say, oh, well, we'll have some I guess, I mean, what everyone's really hanging out for, guys, is another vlog, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I can, uh, I can tell well, I'll tell you. Uh, yeah, let it out, mate. Okay. Well, I could tell you we have footage for another one. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> and, um, but we've got an idea to to split it between two two days, and we're, we're toying with at the moment. Yeah. Um, so we'll see how it goes. One of us, I won't <laughs> name any names, wasn't performing as well as he potentially could have, and um, you know, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't want to be seen. I mean, geez, I might be giving away a bit there, but I wouldn't want to be seen with those size fish on 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 a <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> we, we we know Chris loves a flex, so you can guess who's who with that. No, nah, but we, we already we I mean we already we already went fishing for I got I got told we were fishing in tuna. We, we, you know their bait, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> we know Mac tuna are bait. But, um, you know we we try to we try to. I mean I mean that's a good example of the vlog. I would like to think that that yeah is a very original like compared to the uh, the vloggers out there at the moment. I mean we don't get on the going you. And like that, you know, we just um, we just do our fishing. We edit it in in, in like a, a I don't know punchy way, I guess you could say. Put some put some metal <laughs> over it, you know, and um, and there's do... there's always something going on in the background, like you know, I'm, I might be in a rush to get home, or you know, I've, I might have led some sort of deception to get to fishing on that day or something. Who knows, you know? And um, we'll, we'll find out. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that i mean geez correct me if i'm wrong vols but that that probably is the logical i mean we can't we can't podcast for the rest of our lives you know yeah it's a bit of a workload hey and you know I'd, ultimately i'm sure i'm speak for chris here too that you know we'd we'd rather fish than talk about it um and Hell yeah. it, it's undoubtedly um the podcast like one night a week is costing me fishing just from the point of view that it's sort of social capital, social capital at home. It gets, gets expended, you know? So, yeah. It's a good yeah. point. For me, it's literally just time off the water cause I fish midweek and prefer to fish at night. So, yeah. so it's, um, yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's direct. And, and Chris, that's another good point too about, um, this Chris has had, you know, hand to mouth, you know, in the fly fishing industry and, you know, a time, an hour spent spent on the podcast and, and the, you know, ch- typically five to ten per week on this, you know, that's time he's taken away from his own business. Um, you know, so, you know, I've had people say, oh, you know, it's it's a bit of an ad for Chris. Yeah, fucking oath it is. Um, no, not only that, because, you know, his shit works, but, you know, he's earned the right through his investment. If you don't like it, buy us out, you know. It's simple, but, simple as that. Yeah, yeah, I find that pretty odd. Eh? I mean, it's fair enough. Fair enough comment, but... Yeah. Fuck, man! Like we we put a lot of work into this, you know. It's um, um yeah. Do you, you want to, do you want us to make a a free leg up for you and get nothing in return? Get stuff, yeah. You know. Well, it's it's yeah. It kind of reminds me of the attitude because I get I get hit up all the time. The, the the almost the entitlement to be asked for a fly tying video of something that you tie. You know, like when are you putting a video up? It's not like, hey, mate, have you ever considered putting a video up? And it'd be great if you do. And if you do, let us know. It's like when are you putting a video up for this? They're the PMs that I get for stuff like that. It's like, mate, what what makes you think that uh, you you like you you're entitled to it? I don't, 
I don't understand it. So I mean, like it's um, I mean, here we are putting time and effort in. Uh, we get, I mean, we get other rewards. I mean, outside of, um, well, for me, outside of 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 business rewards, I guess you could say out of it. Like Volt said earlier on the show, like he's met people from this show. So have I, you know, it's um, yeah. I mean, I fish with people that I I wouldn't have, wouldn't have met without um, creating a sense of familiarity through the show. I would imagine, you know. Uh, yeah. You know, so it's um, yeah. But I mean, at the same time, I, I'm, I am also making a show that uh, appeals to my customer base somewhat, or the the demographic at least of my customer base that that in their interest of fly fishing, um, and you know, that's just um, it's kind of kind of part and parcel of it, I suppose. It's uh, so I mean, for for people to expect that it shouldn't be included in there like it's like it's like they're entitled to it like a like a fly tying video entitled to 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 some sort of we like to have people feel like their ownership there but i mean look the fact of the matter is it's 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 not going away you're going to hear where are we at hour and 57 who had beast brushes getting mentioned at an hour and 57 um (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i mean it's going to get it's going to get mentioned man like it's um it is what it is yeah, well, it's interesting that that it's just sort of pervasive amongst social media, isn't it? That people feel. I mean, there, there is that immediacy of contact, but then I feel like sort of etiquette goes out the window a bit sometimes. Like, and for you guys, I'm sure you must get hit up a lot. It was quite funny. We, we you know, we did that podcast where we were just talking a bit of shit. It was a bit of fun, and I've got like a couple of people message me, and you guys could probably guess who they were. How, how did, who did you have to talk to to go on that? <laughs> I was going, what? Oh wow! You know, like, you know mate. <laughs> And, but not even, you know, high or anything. It's just, you know, I think that's something that social media kind of feels like there's this sort of rhetoric that appears again and again that it's kind of not that healthy of a place to be. It does have its positives, but sort of overwhelmingly there's a lot of shit that goes with it. But I think you guys, even in couple of, you know, your episodes with, um, geez, I can't remember who it was right now, Full Cream, the Full Cream, whatever that guy's name Sam. was. Yeah, and you know, talking about navigating social media, I mean, that's actually probably something that in this sort of format of podcast a little bit unique. I don't think anyone else has ever really covered that that much that like, hey, there's a lot of bullshit out there and, you know, like what you guys are offering up for nothing really is, is incredible. You know, there's insight in all these people and legends and it's it's all off your own off your own backs, you know. It's, it's kind of um pretty pretty unique actually because I'm pretty sure, you know, you can think of other podcasts out there that are getting put out fairly regularly at the start they mention a whole bunch of sponsors that they're not really like that affiliated with other than they would give them some free shit you know mm. whereas you you know the only reason probably you're mentioning it is is you know the products you've used probably for a long time they're your own products that you you know meticulously are indeed it's sort of approaching it from a different angle rather than oh well someone gave me some free shit and i you know it's the best i've ever used it's like well it's, it's a different yeah. ball than what you guys are doing you know yeah well i mean we all, we also uh, work with manic you know, yep. they've been, they've been, they've been not only, I mean, we don't get paid for this, you know, and, and all that sort of stuff. And, um, you know, but, but Manic have helped us in, in ways of like hooking us up with guests, um, you know, directions to take or, or, or giving us insights into, into what's happening for us to be able to pick a topical guest, you know? So in return, you know, we, we mentioned them on the show, you know, that's, that's the way it is, you know, it's, um, um, you know, like I mean, we've we've both got agreements out outside of the show somewhat, and um, with with various companies, but um, but you know, like Manic helped the show, so you know, so we got it, we got it, we can we can definitely leave a line in the sand, 
with that sort of stuff. I mean, and there's there's been people that have there's been also been people who've asked to come on the show. Some people are probably wondering why some people aren't on the show from from Australian industry. We've asked people to come. Some people to come on the show. Use your imagination if you want to. I'm not going to mention names again. The same way I'm not going to mention names about the show I didn't like or anything like that. It's not my place right now. It's not what the show's about. It's more about the 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 um the ins and outs of the show. People have asked and they haven't. Just they've decided not to come on. You know, and it's um it's not like we're 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 being biased towards the industry in in any way, shape, or form. No matter how far your imagination can conjure, whoever's listening to this, you know, um. <laughs> Yeah, whoever you can think of has probably already been asked to come on and has probably knocked us back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we're, we're not a paid service. Like, yeah. Like, we're not a free service, you know. If, yeah, if, if, yeah. So, look, we're, we're, and re- listeners need to understand too, like, if we, the last thing we want to do is give incorrect advice, um, you know, like, Fly line episode aside, was, <laughs> you know, we try to we try to give good advice and stuff that's actually worked for us. Um, um, and just remember that too, there's a lot of what we say is live and unscripted. It, it mightn't come out exactly how we mean it. So, you know, please extend us some license, you know, like sometimes I've had people ring up and oh, I heard what you said about this. And I'm like, well, you know, that's how you chose to chose to listen uh it shows you know like i've sort of wedged that comment in you know in this sort of context i meant to say this it came out bad you heard it wrong you know blah 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 um so you know just yeah hang on to your panties yeah yeah so, yeah, that's, yeah. That, that does happen doesn't it we we get taken into context or we didn't go far enough or you know uh, i i like i like i don't have odds but i like to think of this show as if we're sitting at a pub and we're talking to someone there, you know, and, and I, and I feel these later episodes, like maybe the last, only the last, maybe 30 or something like that. It's starting to feel like that. You feel know? Like, yeah. yeah. And it's, yeah. um, it's starting to sort of become that conversation that, that I want it to be, you know, uh, from my, from my own point of view, I know that Volsi shares the same thing. Cause we do talk about, uh, uh, I don't know how the word to word this, the feel of the show, you know, I hate to sound like Dennis Denudo and say it's a Marbo thing or anything like that, but I mean, it's, um, it's, um, Hey, what the vibe, the vibe. vibe. It's a vibe. Yeah. I don't, yeah. That's, um, um, but it's like that, you know, we want to create an atmosphere, I guess you could say through, through a casual conversation whilst getting important points or important highlights that we want Mm. to offer, uh, our listeners to, um, to, 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 uh, to get from that guest that we've selected. And, yeah, and it definitely comes across that way too. I mean, like it's sort of rather than that, you know, oh, here's this segment, here's this segment, here's this segment. You know, you guys have done little bits and pieces, but I think that conversational approach is very Australian. I think it really resonates, but it also resonates throughout the world, you know, that approach of yeah, just having a chat with a couple of mates. I mean, it gives you some really good insights and you guys can see in the results that you elicit from your guests, you know, they're pretty pretty willing to open up pretty quickly, which is, yeah, pretty pretty. Um, Conducive oh, yeah. to making a good show. You know, you know what? I'm just, I'm just vibe, uh, vibing, just riffing like here. You know, it'd be a, a cool, a cool scenario. It'd be really hard to to get, you know, many or the majority of our, best, our guests doing this. Would be literally sitting sitting down at a pub or you know with a few beers, just sitting there chatting proper. That would be uh, that'd be a good one. Um, you sure you want to be on video, dude? 
<laughs> now we can do a voice recording. I reckon. I think that'd be the fairest thing. You know what? We would miss out. You know what? <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Uh, we've spoken about this on the show before. You've seen it, Dan. Volty, you've seen it. Many of our guests will see it. But what you can't see as a listener is that we record a lot of these shows over over um yeah you know, remotely and um and over Skype when we use Skype that we uh you know you can see our avatars now I've um purposefully uh selected uh, a unique avatar I guess you could say that has been when we got guests on in the early days when we haven't sort of learnt to to um to make people feel relaxed I suppose or have, we haven't been relaxed to start like Jim Barchi was a classic like that you know that guy's obviously done a lot of media stuff he's more experienced in meeting strangers in this scenario than we were uh we were deer in the headlights i suppose but um i didn't realize how effective that avatar picture is and i've got to to describe it to people i, I know i've said to put the picture up sooner rather than later but i found this picture on mugshots.com it's not a mugshot but it's like a um sort of like a pixie photo like that background of a pixie photo in a shopping center of this dude he's wearing like aviators he's got like a he's a he's a like a uh, no, like it looks like a Ron Jeremy type dude with a with a fro and a uh, a maroon velour tracksuit, uh, holding a parakeet next to a, a lady with like a Farrah Fawcett haircut and like big seventies sunglasses and a pink sweater, holding a um, a bayonet, and um, <laughs> and it's uh it's quite confronting for some people and it's been great because like I'll get on the front foot in late in like after Jim Barchi made a big point about it, which was great. Everyone got everyone got was laughing and 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 talking. It really sets the vibe for the show, you know. But now I'll get people on and I'll bring it up and I'll just tell them that um in fact uh, that's actually me um and I won't <laughs> tell them which one's me <laughs> and um. So I'm actually in a parakeet uh, militia. I really believe in parakeet rights, and we really take it seriously, you know. It's um, so that's me in the pink sweater there, and uh, and people don't know what the fuck to say, you know. Like it's it's been great, I'll say. Like it's uh, sometimes yeah. you get people just they're just like um, uh, right. The only person who called out was was Kelly Kelly Ann. Was it Kelly? Uh, sorry, Kelly Jane. I think so. Didn't Dave Anderson? He um, I think he might have thought that was you at one point. Yeah, was it Dave? After, was your wedding photo, mate? <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> it's, it, yeah, it could easily be, you know, but uh, because you know that my wedding was taken at the Parakeet Militia uh, AGM. At the and, mall. Um, sorry. At a mall, wasn't it? At a, at a local shopping center. Yeah, we. Uh, it's a. It's a. It's a flash AGM. We just meet anywhere with five minutes notice. <laughs> Not a big deal, man. Parakeets are allowed everywhere. But yeah, no, it's been it's been good. But yeah, Ke- Kellyanne, is it Kellyanne? I can't. I'm sorry, it's Kelly, Kelly Jane, McKenzie, Kelly McKenzie, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, Kelly. I apologise. It's not that I that that I yeah, forgot Kelly. your name. I'm just useless <laughs> with names, you know. Um, but yeah, she's just gone. It's not a parakeet. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. I tried doing the thing like this, you know, to to warm up the whole thing. She listened to the whole thing. And she goes, "Not a parakeet, dude." Oh, she's a vet, hey. Yeah, she's not yes. falling for your shit. No, nah, not falling for my shit at all. Sharp, sharp cookie that one. That's for sure. She was a good show too. I thought she what was. was wasn't, that was that was sort of inspiring. Seeing, you know, uh, you you don't want to 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 bring you know sex into it, but you know, a, a fearless female hiking the 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 uh, wilds of the wilderness in. Tasmania, you know, often by herself. I mean, that that was fucking cool, you know? Mm. 
yeah, getting yeah. after it and Boring. like you know not afraid to make mistakes having a crack is pretty awesome yeah it's cool really good. yeah not afraid for making mistakes or walking on snakes <laughs> <laughs> so it was um that's that was been one of a one of the best things to come come out of it is uh, people people inspiring us as as fishermen. You know, sort of. Um, I realised that I'd become lazy and complacent when I'd heard about that. So, yeah, mm. Mm. yeah, yeah. No, that's 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 it. It's uh, yeah, that's been like uh, like you asked Maltzy the answer, like the question, something along the lines of um, you know, what have you enjoyed for these newcomers coming out of the the sport and stuff. That energy that transcends through through conversation of the comp of the comp, um, podcast, you know, it's 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 inspiring. It's it's pretty good. It's inspiring for us too, like Vols just said. And so it's um, yeah, shows like that were great. Yeah, they were. They were. They were good. It's, it's been pretty rare. I think most of those episodes like get off with a little bit of a you know afterwards you you've got a bit of a buzz of um, you know from the from the guests so. Um, that's been cool. Yeah. All right, gents. What do you reckon? You got any, any anything? Any sort of more words to say? Or any other things? Do you want to know about the in jokes or not? Not really. We kind of we all okay. get it anyway. Everyone listened. They went back and listened. They did a, a full recap of the entire. Oh, they had that opportunity. You're right. I gave them that at the start. So you know, if they haven't done it, it's their loss. Yep. Yep. Well, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Well, I mean, really, if you're sitting there perplexed at the end of the show going, what the fuck do we have to stay aggressive for, you know? Um, <laughs> the show is, um, I mean, what are we at now? We're, we're like 120,000 downloads, you know? It's um, it's getting, I mean, we've said right from the start, the, re the reception that it's had right around the world is, is excellent. You know, some of the emails we've got, we haven't even read out, like some of them from countries that are bewildered by our Aussie humour. Um, it's great. Like it's it's pretty cool to hear like these guys like uh, mimic us, I suppose, back on email and going fucking love it, you know, and some of that, and stay aggressive. And I might get an inquiry through Beast Brushes, and someone will sign off, hey, stay aggressive, dude, or something like that. You know, you're like, this is great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's really cool. You know, it's sort of superfluous because you 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 know you don't have to get if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> What? I don't, I don't, I don't oh, understand. Stay aggressive. You don't have to get aggressive. Is probably the way I should phrase that. Yeah, yeah. But do you have to get ready to be aggressive? No, you. You don't. <laughs> no, I do not. That is correct. He came energized by the uh, UV rays in Queensland. You would know what I'm talking about, right? No, no idea. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, mate. I, I can't. I can't think of anything else. I think we're verbosibated. Uh, quite a bit, um, but uh, it's been good to been good to recap. It's um it's great to have come this far. I didn't know we were going to hit a hundred. Yeah, uh, and sure. and I can remember in and like the the listenership is incredible because I can remember in the first week talking to Andy and Volty going, we've we've hit we've hit two hundred downloads for the whole week. It, it was I'm just stoked to get more than fifty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yep. Do you reckon they're disappointed? Probably. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, now they're getting now they're getting like three, four hundred in in the afternoon that they that they that they launch. You know, it's um and keep going to like a, a grand in the in the first week, which is humbling and and amazing at the same time. It's uh, mm. you know, it's uh, it's it's very cool. And um, 
I can I know I can speak on behalf of myself, Bolts, and the rest of the crew here at um, the Intermediate Line Podcast that we're all very very humbled by it. You know, it's 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 yeah, very cool. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is cool. Yeah, it's- yeah. The after parties each week have been wild too. <laughs> Part of the trade-off for me being, you know, excusing myself from domestic duties is I have to go after the podcast and clean up the dishes, you know. Um, typically, is that, a, not, is that a euphemism? No, <laughs> it's legitimately what happens. Yep. You know, I'll, I'll run off to the kitchen and, um, yeah, I've got a part of the part of the trade-off is uh, my wife puts kids to bed and um, I've got to clean up the kitchen ready for the next day. So, yeah. Mm. Mm. If you know what I mean, it would have sounded heaps better if you said, "If you know what I mean." After that, <laughs> yeah, I've got, I've got to be careful because um, some of her friends are, have been asking questions about the the podcast and want to know how do they listen to it. Um, <laughs> oh, no. I know, I know. Last, last night I went to uh, a work dinner, and I was they were that was one of the first topics of you know her workmates brought up as a podcast. What's it called? How do we listen to it? You know. And a few other things, and um, and I just said, listen, flat out, don't. If you're not into fly fishing, don't listen to it. You won't get it. The jokes are bad. You'll probably hate me, you know. But um, yeah, I, yeah. Some of our jokes are not for houses of learned doctors, are they? No, no, no that's no. it. <laughs> I believe I, I I thought that that um that faculty didn't get past the music at some stages, right? Yeah, well, that sort of self filters. I thought it it'd stop them, but. Turns out a lot of people like the music, you know. You get a lot of positive comments about the music. Yeah, the pe- I, I I actually get great satisfaction when I hear people say, "I turned it off. That music was rubbish." I'm thinking, well, <laughs> fantastic because you did um, us a favor. what's that? Sorry, you did us a favor. Thanks for the download. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, we did us a favor. Thanks for the download. But also, if you can't get past the music, there's a good chance you're not going to get past the show at all. Yeah, let's face it. <laughs> Mm. It's a struggle sometimes. Thanks, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, well then, how you feeling? We might sort of wrap it up a bit. What do you reckon? Well, you're the host, bro. Oh, I am. Yeah. Oh, well, I've been chewing it's you job, for two and a half hours now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Have you really? It's gone yeah. so quick. Oh, it hasn't felt like a, a, a struggle at all. Oh, oh, right. <laughs> Wait, can you shout us out your uh, your social media handles? No, no, I'm keeping that a secret. People know they'll be able to find it if they want. But I'd like to thank you two guys for having me on, letting me let you know this opportunity it was it was uh, great to sort of be on this side of the of the um, mic and, and interview you guys and hear a bit about you. I'm sure everyone's going to enjoy that aspect of it. Uh, either of you got a sign off prepared? Um, uh, do you have some vaults? No, I, I always suck at this bit. What about whatever keep, comes to my head. Keep dishes clean, Australia. What about that? <laughs> <laughs> Keep your dishes, dishes clean, Australia. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, I'm going to run with that. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, uh, well, Dan, look, I want to say thanks for making the time, mate. I think you've done a a fantastic job, and um, I think um, I just want to get the um, what do you guys think, crew? Like the guys. Yeah, the whole crew here. That, that you can hear them clapping. They're uh, they're all pretty stoked with what you've done there, Dan. Well done, mate. 
I've never heard that sort of sound before. What is that? Yeah. That's the crew clapping, mate. Oh, good. Really? Yeah. It sounded like a jet taken off. Yeah, it was a shit sound effect. Oh, it better not be a fucking jet ski, I'll tell you right now. <laughs> I'll ask him to do it better. Hang on a minute. Well done, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. It's better. It's better. You. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Whoa. <laughs> Some of my personal music just popped up then for a second. Gotta, gotta love that dance trance. That's great. All right. What? Good stuff. Daylo rules. <laughs> hey, Dan, thanks for supporting us, mate, right from the start. And um, you and your brother were some of the first PMs we ever received. So, yeah, uh, yeah. it was appreciated for your support, mate. Thanks for doing tonight. And we, my pleasure. And we really want to, um, we really want to thank, um, like, uh, Fisher Crunt for, for uh, playing the role of Lapo for so long. <laughs> we're on to you, buddy. We know who it is, man. Richard Crunt is Richard Lapton. <laughs> You're not fooling anyone with the um with the name Lap Rocket either, mate. All right. <laughs> yeah. Dan, you're the host, bro. All right, Jim. Tough calls, mate. <laughs> I'll just yell over the top of you. Thanks, right. boys. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Yeah. See you, Dan. Hey, stay aggressive. Okay. Stay aggressive. Yeah. Jet skis. Now you're too drunk to drive You say it's all because of me Tilting your head so you can catch my eye Promising things I can't believe